0: Welcome back to the movie Graveyard. We are digging deep for this one, aren't we, Zach? We are. Oh, hell yes. And just to get it right out of the way, because people are always like, are you going to say what the name of the movie is? I'll say Two Days in the Valley.
1: Hell yes. And people are like, what the hell is that? People are like, people are scratching their head like, what the fuck? Two Days in the Valley. You just made that up. Fucking, this is like Too Fast, Too Furious shit. Two Days in the Valley, the number two. Like, <laughs> what What the hell? What, you just made that up. No
0: if it was a car movie it would be called Two Days in the Valley and uh, instead of an S and days it would be a Z remember that when that was cool
1: oh yeah Two Days Two Valleys exactly. I'm coming already thinking about it amazing
0: but yeah we're gonna go ahead and get it rolling cause there's so much we wanna cover in this film
1: Hell yes. The, the, I, I saw this for the first time when he, I'd never heard of it until he brought it up. And then he's like, Oh, you want to do it with me? I'm like, Hell yeah. I'm always down to fucking do an episode with the fucking go. Hell yes. Fucking I love digging these graves. You Look, these, these, these graves hungry. deep. Hell yeah. And I, I watched it. And I was like, I was blown away because uh, I I quickly went to IMDB to log it and like, oh, I watched it and everything. And I was shocked by how fucking low, like underrated this is. Oh, yeah.
0: It's completely fallen off the radar. Like, I almost think it's like a weird thing because like a major studio didn't put it out or something that just made people forget it. Because it like wasn't mm. shoved in their face or whatever. Speaking of yeah. grave and, dig, digging graves, I just had a throwback. about. You remember like when you were a kid and like you the commercials for the, like the monster trucks coming to your area would come on, and at the <laughs> end of the commercial, remember that guy in the voice? He always go grave digger.
1: Oh yeah, like, <laughs> be he, like, sounded, <laughs> he sounded fucking death metal as fuck.
0: It's like all echoing grave digger. Hell yeah. And like, as a kid, you're like, oh, that's that's like the evil truck, because it's got skulls painted on the side of it in green and shit.
1: Fuck yeah, it's basically the Undertaker of trucks.
0: You pretty, I think the Undertaker uh, stole Gravedigger's gimmick now that I think he about He might
1: have uh, fucking, uh, what a charlatan, shyster.
0: Exactly. So yeah, we're going to get it rolling. We have it paused on the uh, pretty much the opening logo thing here. This was made by a, a company called Reicher Entertainment, and their logo is a little... I don't know. It's like the LA cityscape of palm trees in front of some mountains.
1: It's literally Boulevard Miramax logo. Yeah,
0: it is. So it says Reicher Entertainment, uh, a Cox company. This is back when they were owned by Cox, I guess. Now Cox owns the world, don't they?
1: Cox. I always, every time I see the word Cox, I want to find out their call and like the, the, basically their, their number to call in a complaint and be like, Joe, Joe, are you, are you, are you the CEO of Cox? Uh, can you, uh, I, can you explain to my son why, why you wrote cock on a, on, a, on a billboard for my son to see? Uh, uh, I don't want to have to explain to my son what a cock is, okay, uh, Mr. Cox? Okay, why did you name it that?
0: I always thought that was the most brutal last name because, like, when I was a kid, the the Atlanta Braves were really good, and their manager was Bobby Cox, and like, they were always on TV for the playoffs. So, like, every two seconds, it's like, and Bobby Cox is pointing, <laughs> and Bobby Cox, Bobby Cox, Bobby
1: I to, Cox. I used to have a teacher named Mister Cox, and everybody would make fun of our class, <laughs> Mister Cox.
0: We actually know somebody with the last name Cox too.
1: Hell oh, yes! Hell oh, yeah! I, it's weird, the kind of shit kids do. I, I diverted the the starting of this movie long enough. Yes,
0: yes, you did. But we, we always got to take time to talk about Cox. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to say one, two, three, go. When you hear me say go, please hit play on your uh, DVD remotes or your HBO Max remotes. <laughs> oh, yes. All right, everybody. One, two, three, go.
1: And You're yeah. Up. If you're lucky enough to have HBO Max, you are watching this in HD right now.
0: Probably for the next two weeks (laughs) before it gets low, low T, very low T. Yeah, if there was ever a movie that needed a Blu-ray, like this is it.
1: It does. This is so underrated. Like, and uh, yeah, uh, basically, uh, the when when I found out this was as underrated as it is, the only thing that came to mind is like, okay. This came out two years after Pulp Fiction. It must have been like, oh, you're ripping off Pulp Fiction. And it must have been like a a disdain reaction. Like, pfft, why would you do that? But, like, it's weird because, like, the, some of the our favorite movies were like, oh, it was a, a fucking slasher movie. And they were all like, oh, we're going to rip off a slasher movie. And you weren't like, you weren't like, pfft fucking I'm tired like you were excited you were like fucking I want to see how other people can do it but like that's literally all it is like and when you boil it down that that idea is like it's basically like a a crime drama movie told in a weird way narratively and like that's just a great idea to to tell stories in different ways Uh, it it makes sense to me
0: Well, I mean by all means I'm sure that the the people probably financing this movie probably was much easier to get the money to make this after, mm-hmm. like, Pulp Fiction came out and everything, but, like, I, I was, like, pretty annoyed at the time, because, like, I always went and saw, like, I mean, back in the day, like, Joel Silver movies, Jerry Bruckheimer movies, already action movies, they always had Hitman as the bad guy, so I always grew up seeing Hitman in movies, you know what I mean? I and then, like, I there like was, was, like, a shitload of cop movies all the time, mm-hmm. and then it's, like, I guess just because, like, you know, finally, like, people after Tarantino started having Hitman and stuff actually be, like, real characters in the movie and, like, leads of movies. Like, they labeled every crime film, which there's always been crime films, like, always. They labeled everything a Tarantino ripoff. And, like, I get, well, obviously, you know, Hollywood kind of goes in cycles and shit. But it's, like... I love that period, the two to three years after Pulp Fiction came out. And everybody's like, oh, this is a rip off of Tarantino. This is a rip. It's just like, I, these are the kind of movies I like to fucking go to the movies and see. So I never had any complaints. And, like, mm-hmm. pretty much, other than, like, the Hitman, like, a little bit, like, the rest of the movie is pretty much, like, a pretty different and original style, I'd say, you know?
1: Yeah. It's weird how, like, uh, basically that's part of uh what was good about tarantino too is he wears his influences on his sleeve it's like he's openly about like oh that's kind of my my thing i take uh some of my favorite things for movies and then like the people were still like oh that's just a tarantino ripoff it's like yeah. yeah weird how people's minds work shit.
0: i think even tarantino himself said like he never saw it that way either he's just like yeah they're just crime films you know like whatever Mm-hmm. But but I would say like of all the movies in that wake of whatever Pulp Fiction, I say this is probably my favorite. In all honesty, like uh,
1: I can't think of a lot of my ha- like uh, the fucking the, the quote unquote uh, pulp uh, Pulp Fiction exploitation genre we're yeah. we're talking about here.
0: Well, I remember too, like it got to the point where people were like, even saying like Gross Point Blank was you know Tarantino ripoff. I'm like, nah, Tar- Gr- yeah. Gross Point Blank so different, like.
1: I, I guess I can see, like, the, those movies where the, the narrative is kind of jumping between a group of characters and the thing that brings these characters together happens, like, later in the movie, and we got to yeah. wait to find out. I guess I could, like, maybe they're, oh, that's Tarantino. Yeah, maybe that's what they were thinking. But I always just kind of, uh, like, uh, like the I like movies like that. Like, yeah, they, that movie Happiness that I've talked about before, it yeah, uh, worked yeah. just like that. And it just yeah it's, it's just an interesting way to tell a story and uh, like especially whenever you're writing a story that has so many characters in it it's almost like uh pacing like uh, the way we think of stories normally being told is like that's probably done for pacing reasons like uh, a, a guy doing it in a more experimental type way he might just like Gradually, want to introduce them uh, like the like it, it, yeah. It might be something that makes complete sense from like a director's standpoint or a writer's standpoint.
0: I'd say so far, this movie is definitely getting into the pan exploitation genre, wouldn't you say?
1: It, it is, it's amazing. Big comes all up in this fucking movie, it, it's got come brain already.
0: Their influence is felt far and wide.
1: But we are seeing a guy like uh, basically, uh, Krug. If you know that, like, <laughs> yeah. he's pulling a Krug from uh, Last House on the Left on, uh, basically, uh, he doesn't quite go there. He stops himself when he realizes he's like, uh, maybe he realizes I don't know, he's he, he's a weirdo. But like, uh, basically, this movie is about like, uh, uh, well, I, I wanted to say it a certain way, but I realized that would have been giving in a way Uh, are we assuming people will watch this movie
0: yeah I mean we're going to talk about everything (laughs) in and out so say what you want but yeah Yeah,
1: basically basically the story this is we're getting ready to see a hit man uh, or a hit gone bad because like yeah, she uh, the, the Stacy there getting uh, you know uh, the sex done to her and uh, doing the sex to the man. Uh, she set up well, uh, no, this the, guy. Well, no, the sex
0: is getting done to her against her will, pretty
1: much. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. Fucking, I, okay, I forgot. But, but yeah, like uh, she she's basically setting up that motherfucker to get killed by this hitman. And uh, they, that's our boy there. Uh, uh, what's his name again?
0: The guy that was doing the the raping.
1: No, they the, the hitman.
0: Oh yeah, the, so the two hitmen we have an uh, older guy Danny Aiello, um, and then his partner is James Spader, who like later Spader. we find out they're not really partners. It's kind of like a one off job, but like yeah, the movie starts out with them like they got a, a what do you call it a tap wire bug in the bedroom so they can they could tell what's going on in the people's house and apparently Terry Hatcher is broken up with her uh, husband, but he was just staying the night because it was their anniversary and then he's like pretty much he's trying to rape her, even though he kind of gives up halfway through. But I mean, it was, it was pretty like harsh. Like you would never see anything like that. Like in a, in a modern studio movie, you know what I mean?
1: Exactly. And ultimately uh, that wasn't part of the setup. He just showed up and fucking did. It. So it, do we even care that he, he's got the hit called out on him? Is she morally wrong in the situation? Cause she is the one that gets away at the end.
0: Well, yeah. And it's, it's kind of funny. Cause like, uh, you know, like you said, like they just, kind of reveal the story in, in little chunks and cut back and forth between different characters so like they kind of just cut away there with the hitman going to the house and you don't know what's going to happen but at that point like you don't know who the target is who's what like you don't you know like you just know that they're listening and they're making their moves yeah. but uh
1: I, I, I don't remember d wallace ever being this chubby
0: <laughs> I, I still don't think she is because that's not d wallace
1: but... okay exactly you could have you could have fucking fooled me yeah. she She reminds me of d wallace so i, I think i'm picturing who she is now and right, i'm like how right. how did i mix them up but it's like yeah she she's really looking like d wallace to me is it just like is it fucking is it tired vision what is happening
0: yeah it's actually louise fletcher from uh one flew over the cuckoo's nest exactly but yeah, yeah like i really like this story we got to talk about this guy this this guy in the movie teddy peppers played by paul mazurski he's a out of work direct writer director he hasn't made a movie or a tv movie in a long time so he's like way behind on his rent he's gonna get kicked out but paul mazurski he um he actually started out as an actor believe it or not he was in a stanley Kubrick movie fear and desire and a bunch of other ones way back all the way starting from the 50s and uh, i always knew him as a director so like when um because I knew him, you know, from the age I'm at. Like, I, I knew him from his 80s. Like, he directed a bunch of movies in the 80s, like uh, Down and Out in Beverly Hills, Moscow on the Hudson. Um, man, I knew I was going to blink. There's one other really big one. He did. Oh, Scenes from a Mall, which I love, which stars Woody Allen, which a lot of people mistake for being a Woody Allen film, but it's not. It's actually a Paul Mazursky film. Woody Allen mm-hmm. just acted in it. But, uh, yeah, I love Scenes from a Mall. So, like, when I saw this, like... You know, whenever this movie came out, like, I was like, oh, it's so cool. They got they got a uh, director to act in a movie, you know, uh, like, and, and he's playing actual, you know, a real director playing a director in the movie. I was like, oh, that's such a genius cast. But I didn't realize, like, yeah, he's directed like 20 movies, but he's like acted in like 70
1: movies. So. <laughs> genius. Genius. Both. Yeah, I would have known that that they, they cast an actual director. That's, yeah, that's clever. Very Chad.
0: It's a big Chad movie. But yeah, like mm-hmm. I I like I like this um, kind of ju- I love this too. He has like an Emmy. He just uses a toilet por- paper, like whatever toilet <laughs> roll holder.
1: He just flipped off the camera. That was just a fucking a sneaky way to fucking flip off the camera and hope nobody knew that's what he was doing.
0: Yeah, so for, I guess for people who don't know, this movie came out in 1996. His Emmy said 1982, so obviously it's past Now we go back to the hitmen, and like they're coming in the bedroom. And, like, it's kind of funny because, um...
1: This looks painful.
0: Uh, Would he cut the telephone wire?
1: No, when he stabs her in the butt. Oh, yeah. Okay, I might be a little bit ahead of you. Yeah, I think you
0: might be a little bit ahead.
1: And, yeah, um, like, she got a fucking nasty-ass fucking bruise on her buttocks the rest of the movie from that.
0: Well, that's what happens when you have a uh, Stacy butt sticking up in panties or whatever
1: she fucking they just fucking went in there and like uh, she was off her guard like she fucking uh if she knew they would have been so there she would have been flexing them buns of steel
0: it's kind of funny here though because like as like the older whatever hitman you have um Danny danielo he does his thing where he he shoves the, the guy wakes up he shoves the gun in his in his mouth and he does like a whole intimidation routine and then um you know, Spader then takes over and ends up killing the guy. But like, it makes me wonder, like, what did they tell Danny? Arlo? Did he even know that this was going to be a hit? Cause he's playing it. Like he's like intimidating the guy. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, don't make mm-hmm. me shoot or whatever. But,
1: um, and, yeah, I, I, I remember thinking like, imagine waking up to like, that like fucking does somebody putting a gun in your mouth like why you're and then, like you don't know what who they are she so like and then fucking like yeah, that that would be hard to even act that out because like fuck, yeah uh, very chad very chad uh, fucking good shit happening in this movie the, the big cum influences are all over the fucking the, all over the spectrum here
0: and we should say the the guy that they end up killing her um terry hatcher's ex-husband um this is Peter Horton, who at the time was a pretty recognizable actor. Um, he was in like Stephen King's uh, Children of the Corn and stuff. But uh, I want to say the show was 30-something, which I know you probably won't remember, Zach. But 30-something was like a big kind of dramedy comedy show that was on in the late 80s and early 90s. Dog. So this this is actually like a pretty known actor to get and come and do like this one scene of the movie. You know, just like they had Louise Fletcher earlier as the landlord.
1: They 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 did good detail right there because when he showed uh, him the picture, like uh, basically they're framing like, oh you you've been sleeping with this uh, this girl or uh, he killed that's what they they're they're trying to frame like oh you killed her or something didn't you? Yeah, they,
0: but cause, like because they have a photo of her dead like f- covered in blood. Yeah, it's
1: great because if you're watching the movie when he shows the first one, you could tell it was like her in front of like a screen and they just put something behind her. Yeah. But it makes sense because they're faking the pictures. So it's like a uh, very uh, clever, clever uh, attention to detail. Hell yeah.
0: And it's clear here. And now it's kind of becomes clear that um, Danny Ilo is like, let me see the picture. Like he's he's not really in on everything that's going on. And mm-hmm. James Spader's interrogating the guy. And I guess we should explain Spader's gimmick here too, right? Like he has a stopwatch on his, that he wears around his neck. Where before he kills somebody, he, he counts off a minute and he gives them a minute to, like, explain their life or something about themselves before he kills them. I th- like, I this is, like, I guess I should say now I was always a Spader fan since I was a little kid because he was, did a movie called Tough Turf that I saw on cable as a kid. So, to me, he was always, like, the coolest fucking guy. And, like, to me, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Spader's, like, a bad guy. Because, you know, a couple of years before this, he was in Stargate and he played kind of, like, a nerdy guy. And, like, this one, he's back to playing a badass. Like I, yeah. Like, he's... He's Spader's really not on screen that much in this movie, but I love
1: um, him.
2: I like his his, thing. Yeah,
1: I like his character. There's something like fucking like, like you kind of feel like he fucking like uh, it's similar to like uh, in Grandma's Boy. Remember like the character, the fucking uh, JP. Who's doing around talking like the robot beep, and boop, shit. <laughs> but you know, you know, in that character's mind, he believes he's cool as fuck. Like yeah. he's walking around. He like in that first scene, like he this is what a cool person looks like. And he's just so like he doesn't hang out with people, so he doesn't know like uh, any better. But like yeah, he, he kind of has that same quality. Like with the, with the way he's fucking smiling and making goofy, uh, you know, gestures with the 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 Stacy we're gonna meet later. But, like, uh, yeah, fucking James Spader, like, he's a satyr, fucking, he's one of those things, like, that mythological creature with, like, the the huge eight-feet cock, fucking, he's literally one of those things.
0: Uh, I mean, if there ever was a well-hound child with a tight circumcision, it's definitely James Spader. In this movie, particularly. And mm-hmm. I, I thought that was like a great bit of editing too. Did you notice like when Spader put the gun to the guy's head and was gonna pull the trigger, like they cut to the, the tire blowing out in like the next scene, so like you don't even actually see him like shoot him, you know what I
1: mean? Mm-hmm. I thought, oh look, this this guy is fucking cool. This guy is sassy. Yeah, well He's he, very get, sassy. he
0: gets out he has a um he has a flat tire, and he, like, wanders in the road. And, like, at first I thought he was, like, coming real hard in his pants over and over is what it seems like, huh?
1: Yeah, look, he's got one of those big-ass neck holes on his shirt. Like, mm-hmm. why did you stretch that neck hole out that much?
0: Well, yeah, you're you're, you're talking about uh, Michael J. White, uh, who plays the, uh, who I should say is a, a big-time Chad action star, right? That's
1: him? I didn't even recognize Yeah, he, him. they
0: put some sun in his hair to make him blonde, and he's playing a gay car thief. And, and, and okay. what's funny is he, like, it's weird that he's a gay car thief and he's, he's stealing a nice uh uh Mustang convertible in front of a gay bar. Like, you think if he was a gay car thief, you would go, like, steal cars like other places where they probably wouldn't know you and recognize you, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, what are the chances that a gay car thief, or maybe, like, was he just at the club having drinks, like, dancing, and he's like, oh, there's a nice car outside, I'll steal it, you know what I mean?
1: If you're going to look into that kind of, uh, you know, if you're going to look that deep into, uh, you know, uh, things happening, uh, you know, uh, oh, coincident, like, this movie's full of them, babe. you could tear this movie apart and it adds with cult uh, fiction. Why do I keep wanting to call it cult fiction? Cult fiction.
0: Uh, But but, but that's actually the charm of it, though. Like, you know what I mean? It's like... Mm-hmm. And, and like yeah. i don't know if there's a deleted scene or something but like i would i like every time i see this and i recognize this michael j white as that character i'm like i want more but he pretty much just he scoops up the the guy who's having the problems with the kidney stones and puts him in the back of the stolen mustang takes him to the we, hospital
1: he literally needs his own spinoff movie now that yeah. i know that yeah like, like, it,
0: it, like it could have been a thing maybe he was stealing his boyfriend's car as like revenge who dumped him mm-hmm. or something Okay, this is weird, like, the part where Paul Mazursky goes to walk his dog out in the park and he runs into this asshole out-of-work guy who, like, completely is brutal, going like, oh, are you working now? Oh, yeah, your last movie was a bomb and all that shit. Dude, I I cannot explain it, but you know how there's just certain things, for some reason, like, the way people talk or the way they do something or just a scene in the movie. This scene, out of any scene, like, has been burned into my brain since the first time I saw this movie. Like, it's just... This guy is so fucking brutal. Like, There's the something about him
1: like he's playing it almost like can you not tell it? like you can't tell if he's just like, like uh, really like uh, he can't read social cues and doesn't realize that what he's saying is like degrading or if he's just like yeah there's something weird about the way he does the whole and i can't tell if he's being condescending or if he's just really he doesn't have a clue the way he plays yeah
0: it. like it's brilliant and, and that guy this actor guy like i don't i don't know him offhand but like he's so recognizable i think he's one of those guys that like always had parts on sitcoms and shit when i was a kid mm-hmm. but he's yeah. so fucking brilliant and he's like the perfect age of like just the outer work actor who's probably not gonna work anymore because he's too old and everything you know what i mean
1: Mm -hmm. just the
0: sweatpants and everything just
1: so so, yeah, basically people listening, they probably realize, okay, this is one of those movies where, like, a bunch of people who are going about their day just by happenstance and, the, you know, pure coincidence, they end up all together and their, you know, their stories intervene, and then, like, you basically have to see the movie to realize the greatness of everything going on. This uh, this scene here, where we meet Eric Stolz's character, he's basically playing a cop who's undercover, and we meet him, he's trying to basically bust uh, this, uh what they suspect that there's, like, a Korean, like, massage parlor, then they're doing, like, you know, the, the the happy endings and shit like that. So he's going there and kind of testing out, trying to see if they offer him anything. And, it, it like, this scene is, like, fucking it, all the... Like, this scene's great because it's, like, fucking... This chick is uh, very Stacy. Mm. Very Stacy. And, like, fucking... Uh, you see he he gets like a boner and that you can see the boner and it's like it's so like fucking she's like uh, fucking is there anything I can do for you and he he doesn't want to say it because he's got like you know if he's going to catch him she has to say it but like the the way it's played out is like fucking like you're you're just like I want her to say yes and like this just turns into a fucking porno right now she just starts milking him like right in front of me like I want to see him milk I want to see fucking uh, I want to see if this chick uh, I, I almost said something really naughty there I shouldn't <laughs> I, I, mean, I, well,
0: I, I was gonna say another thing that's great about this movie with the director John Hersfeld. Um, he was also the writer, and we'll get into a little bit uh, later on how he came up with the idea for this movie. But like, what's great about this is like they don't reveal shit until it's important. Like at first, you don't even know he's a cop, and then his badge falls out of his pants, and he covers it up real quick. So it's like it's kind of cool that like you don't really know what's going on at first, and then they reveal like and like that's the thing too is like I mean th- for all. Intensive purposes. This is like a comedy slash drama. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, it's not a very long movie. I don't even think it's two hours long or anything, but it's like one of those things where it's mostly just dialogue and character building, but like mm-hmm. every single scene, you know, for like th- pretty much the whole movie until it goes into the final wrap up. It's just like, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know really what the story is. It just keeps evolving and evolving. And it's like, uh, even just the little character parts that like everything in this movie is entertaining. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, in the tone, like changes what I love about it. It's not just like a one note movie. Like it starts out very dark with the hitman. And then it, you know, goes this like stuff like, where, like this isn't really like slapstick comedy, but like you're enjoying watching it. Cause like how like awkward it is. Cause like, you can tell she just wants to jerk him off so bad, but it's like, yeah, like exactly.
1: And it's, it's sad because we know that he's lying to her and he wouldn't let it happen anyway because he's a cop. And it's just yeah. like, because I, I am just wanting her to let, I just want him to let her drink him off, her to let, her to, like, I, I just want to see it happen. And uh, it's just not going to. And it's really sad because she's very uh, pretty. She's very pretty. Oh, but very they, 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 they try to kind of lay on the guilt. And it's almost cool that he says, oh, I can't do that, because he realizes that she's working for somebody who probably smuggled her here, and this is her only way right. to fucking get get out of the situation she's in. So then it's like fucking that very Chad, fucking the king, big king.
0: It's weird too because there's something that's like very great, even though it's not a graphic scene, he's just sitting there in a the towel. Like, the way he you re- did you notice that part where he readjusts his boner? Like, it's yes. very, it's, it's, it doesn't seem like a thing you'd see in a movie, it seems like something you see yeah. in a porno. Like, it's just, yeah. weird
1: like that that must not have been his real pain. like they must have had to use a prosthetic and stuff like
0: that yeah but it's just i don't know it's just like like the like you said the details it's like a detail or something like that that you know most people wouldn't have that shot in the movie Yeah, but it's yeah, obvious yeah, exactly. they did it to sell the reality of it cuz she mm-hmm. cuz you know the lady whatever the lady that runs the uh The massage parlor. She's banging on the door, saying "Time's up." And and she's like, she's like, "What'd you want me to do? Hurry up! I do it quick. I do it quick." And he, like, he he could entrap her, but you could tell he just doesn't want to because you know.
1: And this this could have originally been in an alternate universe. This could have been Marty McFly. Fucking uh, imagine, imagine that should have been the other verse in that fucking John Lennon song. Fucking hack didn't even think to include that.
0: Imagine if Eric Stoltz was Marty. Exactly. Skateboarding all around Hill Valley. Uh ooh, ooh. Fucking popping
1: around, listening to Huey Lewis in the news. Fucking yeah. just just, just bumming for rides. Just, I'm gonna hitch a ride on the back of your car. I, as a kid, I like I grew up thinking that was just cool to do. Like there's just something you do, like fucking and then like knowing as an adult, it's like fucking if some kid grabbed onto my car and just started driving, I'd be like, What the fuck Fucking. you'd probably just instinctively stop because you wouldn't want to keep going and then hurt themselves or something. Exactly. Oh, uh, low t-shirt
0: yeah here we meet jeff daniels who like we gotta imagine like you know sometimes you film stuff out of order when it comes out or whatever but like jeff daniels is pretty hot in his career coming off of dumb and dumber and mm-hmm. like i this is one of i, I always like jeff daniels he was in a movie uh, in the 80s called something wild with melanie griffith where he plays like a real kind of straight and boring guy who meets a real crazy woman but uh i just always liked him since i was a kid and like this is probably actually my favorite role of his Cause he's just like yeah. typically the burnout cop, and and like I, I hate to say it, <laughs> but you know how you know how movies can't have shit in them now, Zach, without being overly political. Like I feel like oh. if this movie was made now, like the Jeff Daniels character would just be a complete asshole, but because yeah, yeah. he really wants to shut down the massage parlor and all that. But I liked it, you know, Eric Stoltz is like, yeah, like, I feel bad for her, you know, she's she's not the bad person, whoever's making her, you know, jerk guys off, like, you know, so, like, we should bust the owner of the place, but not her. And Jeff Daniels is like, fuck her, he's like, he's like, I grew up here, like, uh, you know, I was born two miles from here, I have a house down the street, whatever, he's like, you know, it's... Cause Eric Stoltz is like, we never bust, you know, massage parlors. We don't fuck around with this. Like, this is a waste of our time. Why don't? And he's and he's basically saying, because I live here. This is my home, and I'm not mm-hmm. going to let it have fucking jerk off parlors and whatever. I like, I like. That was another thing that I remember from this movie was that little speech. And it, I mean, it was that was quick. That was like a thirty second scene. But like right there, you know everything. About Jeff yeah. Daniels' character, it's like, you
1: know. Well, when he puts it like that, it makes sense. The, like yeah. fucking, oh, you would want to worry about like fucking uh, the, you know, you don't want the kids getting corrupted. But then like fucking, yeah. it, it's basically telling you that we're all a product of our fucking our upbringing, fucking the yeah. uh, the people we knew, the, the all that shit. It, like our realities are always perception, and uh, fucking hell yeah, it's it's big chat. But there were shots while they were driving, I didn't want to talk over you, but, like, Mm. it was a really tight shot of uh, James Spader, he would kind of look over with his sunglasses on, you see the, 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 you know, the, because they're driving, you see, like, the, the, all the shit behind them as they're driving, and, like, it literally looked verbatim, like, fucking, you just find one of those memes from, like, the Rick Astley, never gonna give you up, never gonna let you down video, (laughs) and it just, he looked just like him, fucking, from that video. I know exactly what
2: you mean. (laughs)
1: But now now we're we're meeting the Stacy in a movie with Charlize Theron. Is, is this her first movie? Yeah,
0: it is her first movie. We'll talk about it in a second. But this is a scene where the two hitmen, now Spader, shoots Daniela in the gut and, like, he sets fire, blows up the movie. There's a bunch of cocaine on the ground to make it look like a drug deal gone bad. So mm-hmm. he's kind of – and, like, they kind of don't tell you this here, but this is, like, right up the hill from, like, where they killed uh, Terry Hatcher's husband. But, yeah, oh, yeah. They, he blows up the car and uh yeah charlie Theron comes up so Charlize Theron was uh for people who don't know um she's from south africa she was some kind of dancer like a ballet dancer and she finally like gave it up um you know because it's like your feet get all fucked up doing that shit yeah. so she she uh got into modeling and like she pretty much went to la at age 19 and was auditioning for a few months and like on the same day she auditioned for this movie she auditioned for a tv show and she got both it was like the first time she did anything so the other one was like a pilot she did it or something she did a couple episodes of it and never went anywhere and the other thing she she got was this and um yeah only 19 years old and like i remember like the very tiny bit of buzz that like this movie did have going for it was her like people being like oh this new whatever actress she's gonna be so great whatever and it's mm-hmm. like when you look at the fact that this is like a 19 or 20 year old basically girl doing this role it's very impressive you know what I mean I mean there's also mm-hmm. like let's be honest there's also the the big time Stacy factor <laughs> that everybody oh, yeah. was because cause back in 1996 it was okay to say that somebody was a Chad or a Stacy and that you liked that about them you know what I mean <laughs>
1: Is it, i hope it still is i hope that the fucking i i i don't travel to every corner of the internet but i would hope that is fucking that people don't get that fucking hardcore about
0: every time i see somebody like trying to make a movie or tv show now but with a stacy in it all i hear is complaints about the male gaze whatever that uh, means okay. <laughs>
1: we are gazing at the screens itself it is a movie
2: exactly.
1: this is how they've always cast me. look that, that, that statue it's like a shell around a person I thought it was like a big giant cockroach I'm like why does he have a statue of a big giant fucking cockroach oh that cockroach has human feet and then it kind of dawned on, oh that's not a cockroach <laughs>
2: well,
1: the movie just went vertical
0: Because you're uh, a little bit ahead of me, Uh, like, you you skip past the part where it's revealed that Daniello lived, he had a bulletproof vest on, he rolled down the hill after the car blew up, and he has a wig on, and that's very important to the story.
1: (laughs) Okay, are you not seeing the doggy fucking swimming?
0: No, like his wig just fell okay. off right
1: now. let me know when you see a doggy swimming because if you're uh, that bit uh, behind, yeah. you might be uh, a for some a different for movie. some
0: reason the streaming version and and DVD version are playing at different rates. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, like the, here comes the guy with the kidney stones with his assistant and um yeah it's like a seashell with two people fucking in it and they're moaning and coming like sounds are coming out of. i mean it's not real people it's like dummies it's like a piece of modern art and they never exactly say here but like basically he's like a modern art dealer that's why he has all the weird shit around his house most of it's like weird bondage art and stuff Mm -hmm. although he does have like a giant pair of sunglasses by his pool that for some reason factored big time into the uh the marketing of this movie
1: yeah, whenever whenever I said this movie just went vertical, I I was referring to that shot where it's it's filming up through like the uh, the white picket fence, and yeah. the, it just looks like uh, fucking it's one of the okay it's doggy like, swimming. Okay, yeah, I immediately thought like when I was watching it this time and uh, last night or the night before, I was like the movie's vertical now. I'm watching this on my iPhone. It, it really did film really
0: Even though that was like a concept that didn't even exist when they filmed mm-hmm. this
1: movie. <laughs> Genius,
0: and we should say that was like a big deal. Danny Aiello didn't want to do that or whatever. They wanted to shave the top of his head to put the wig on because Danny Aiello had hair. He wasn't bald like that, and he was so afraid that like the word would get out. So like everywhere he went, like he would explain to people, no, I'm not really bald. I'm just doing a movie. Just I want you to know I'm not bald. <laughs>
1: Yeah, fucking see that's how weird men are with that insecurity it really yeah. is like uh, it really like I remember when I uh, when I know it's like oh my god I'm my hair's standing out it really did it felt like fucking like uh, uh, that was like the end of a chapter in my life and it would never be the same fucking uh, oh, yeah. the weird that you go through midlife crisis like all this shit is uh, I feel for people that are going through shit like that
0: oh yeah for sure I remember when I was a teenager man and I, I saw that like the hair in my temples was like Noticeably thinner than the rest of my hair And I'm like oh shit I'm going to have a receding hairline And like yeah like I've had one Pretty much ever since my teens But I'm just holding on to what I have
1: Yeah, this was so great. Whenever Gene Roddenberry, he was doing Star Trek Next Generation. He wanted to cast our boy fucking to play Picard. And fucking, uh, I want to call him John Stewart. That's not his name.
0: Patrick Stewart.
1: (laughs) Patrick Stewart. He's like, well, what about the baldness? Wouldn't they have found a way to cure that by now? And he's a John Roddenberry without a student. He's like, by then they will have realized that there's no reason to even notice that shit. They don't even care, bro. And it's like fucking enlightenment, big cum.
0: Talk about a Chad mindset.
1: Exactly, he's basically he basically is like the fucking stigmata of come fucking coming through a person.
0: Very much so.
1: Mm Mhm. So yeah, this character fucking she's basically uh, working for this dude who uh yeah the the dude uh, sadly our boy James Spader he's not he is a satyr but like fucking for whatever reason his big concrete cock. It wasn't on hard that time. It's supposed to be hard all the time. That's what makes a satyr a mythical creature. But like fucking the the blood wasn't not there. Uh, but because like he did he did not succeed. And uh, the guy he was uh, killing to frame and set up, uh, fucking he survived. And, but he never finds out till the end of the movie. But like fucking yeah, we're, we're we're going through his journey now. He's fucking he is not having a good day.
0: Yeah. So like for a little bit a pretty decent chunk of the movie, it, it becomes a. Uh uh what's his name uh i won't say cosmo but it's not it it's something like that um mm-hmm. it's like cosmo pismo but um yeah it's Danny danielo's bad day here and like we find out what's going on out by the pool is danielo has the uh the dog that was swimming in the pool that belongs to the art dealer guy here uh he has him at gunpoint and mm-hmm. there and there there you there you see danielo sitting on those big uh sunglasses zach
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah.
0: Like three fourths of the marketing, what like the complete marketing for this movie? If you look at the different posters and the DVD cover, I got is Charlize Theron, the dog, and those glasses. Like there's even a part, like a couple posters where the glasses are like giant, like looming over the city, and I'm like, the mm. glasses are such a not a part of the movie. <laughs> like like yeah. they're never emphasized. Like the dog, okay, I get a little bit, you know, and the dog was in the trailer and stuff. But uh, here's where we kind of get I say you know i think it works but we get kind of like the most um what do you call it like slap sticky humor is that daniela is definitely afraid of dogs
1: Mm-hmm. See, uh, basically, you were just implying that, like, basically, you were getting ready to see. Basically, anytime you notice shit like that in a poster, it's because that's what the Illuminati are trying to make us notice. So, t- technically, whatever this movie is trying to say, ultimately, it's defined by that shot of a dog in the sunglasses. So, fucking like, uh, what could it be saying? Fucking, we're all, we're all canines. We're all dogs. We're all fucking uh, mutts. And Big Brother is watching us. And the future's so bright, he has to wear shades. Maybe I don't know. Fucking, it's hard to tell. It's so, well. you
0: gotta sit on shades.
1: Exactly, fucking uh, the the concept of a man sitting on shade, like the the thing we use to reflect, uh you know, the future we have, and then like fucking sitting on it, and like what what is that? What is it implying? I don't know. But like I remember noticing, like yeah, certain shots, it looks like. Well, now it looks like, did he just shave his head and then have to wear the wig and everything the whole time, or are there certain shots where it's just, like, his real hair?
2: Yeah,
0: like, like, like whenever his hair looks kind of normal, I think it's his real hair, and then like, yeah. he, he
1: wore the wig, but... I noticed that, I was like, later on in the movie, it's like, oh, that's not a wig, because it actually looks yeah. like a realistic kind of, like, uh, uh, like uh, thinning in, in an area or something. Yeah. Yeah, Chad, very Chad, The very
0: Chad reaction that the dog notices that his toupee fell off.
1: <laughs> mm, big Chad. Fucking the dog is enlightened. He knows. He's big-cum-brained.
0: But I, I was going to say, I don't know if you remember this, Zach, but this is a this was becoming a motif in Danny ILO's career, being afraid of dogs. If you remember his appearance in the amazing Larry Cohen film The Stuff, Danny ILO played a it. marketing executive to help create the ad campaign for The Stuff. And he had a dog that was barking at him, and was very mean, cause he was feeding the, the stuff to the dog, and the dog wanted his treat.
1: Amazing! Fucking ILO literally should start a band called ILO Speedwagon. Yeah, I would uh, and play eighties hair metal. Fucking uh, fun fact about Ario Speedwagon: they actually uh, are from my neck of the woods. They're like from really? a, a little town, like uh, like three minutes away from. Uh, they're kind of hometown heroes. Do a
0: lot of people. <laughs> yeah, RO Speedwagon's Wagon's actually not bad. I always figured when I was a kid, they were pretty big when I was a kid, I always figured they'd be pretty corny or whatever. Um but uh a couple of years ago, uh, the my local grocery store was like I guess they stocked up on CDs for Christmas and then they didn't realize people don't buy CDs anymore. So then mm-hmm. like in January they closed them out. I bought a Billy Joel album. Another guy, Billy Joel I thought was corny. I, b- I bought a Billy Joel album called 52nd Street, and I bought an REO Speedwagon. Wagon album called High Infidelity, and both of them were super fucking Chad albums, and I listened to them over and over, and, like, yeah, I actually kind of became yeah. an REO Speedwagon fan after that.
1: My parents always liked them, so, like, their their hits were, like, burned into my fucking skull. Like, they had, like, the greatest hits, and, like, yeah, because they, they, they grew up knowing people and knowing, oh, like, oh, yeah, we knew those guys, and they knew them, and fucking, and yeah, it was just kind of hometown people. Like, uh, everybody knew... Everybody, very Chad. But this scene is yeah. a, a very a Stacy. Very, very sta- Stacy.
0: This is where Charlize Theron comes out of the bathroom in the hotel room with a uh, full lingerie, acting fully sexy, getting her film fatale look on
1: this little uh, like if this movie was as known as, as pulp fiction this would be like one of those scenes people reference like yeah. cuz it was like oh that scene oh what a what a hot scene fucking heart throbs on screen fucking to, being steamy fucking to be on those top countdowns did he just start masturbating there a little bit
0: who james spader
1: James Bader looked like he just started fucking stroking it a little bit.
0: Yeah, he's very much into the scene. And there's the, there's the part where he puts the ice down on his dick because for some reason he doesn't want to blow a load already. But then Amazing. he eats, and then he puts the ice in his mouth.
1: I thought you were gonna say he eats his cum. I was gonna fucking <laughs> well, he, get you know, so happy. He heavy. does that
0: later, but
1: <laughs> that's the power move. That's when you really fuck with everybody's mind. Whoever you're having sex with, it's like no, that's not for you. That's for me. Well, that—that's the power move. But this is a great scene. I don't it see. I—I I often wonder how do actors go about filming scenes like this? Like, what if you actually you were close enough, and then you actually did get like you know uh, uh, aroused, and then like oh, they yeah. could feel it through the oh, poking yeah. through the shorts, weird. You know,
0: everybody claims that they don't but then again when like you do stuff like this like you know i could i could see i mean i can see either way like i get it's not a, a sexy situation because you know like we're watching the finished scene but they're just doing yeah, the same yeah. like movement over and over and over and all these people are watching but
1: i i always hear that these are never fun to shoot even though they look like yeah. loads of fun yeah
0: yeah like i i shot one as a as a you know director slash what camera person but oh, yes. uh, it was it was very awkward, and what was mm-hmm. weird was like the uh, the female who was doing all the nudity in it and everything was uh was probably way less com- uncomfortable than I was. You know, like they mm-hmm. always you, you know you have all these people that say sex scenes are the worst thing that could ever be in a movie because it's all these men exploiting women and stuff. But when I oh, had to shoot one, I was probably that... yeah.
1: That right there, with the way they like, uh, it's showing them have sex, and it almost looks like there's like an orgasm or something. And then, yeah. and, like, it starts cutting to the next scene, but you can hear the sound of her stirring the macaroni before it switches. I thought when when they started playing that sound and they were having sex, I thought he just literally started pissing cum inside of her. <laughs>
2: oh
0: my god!
1: You could just hear it.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, we well we get we get straight up there on. Um nudity and he took the ice cube that was on his balls then in his mouth and he rubbed it on her nipples and um <laughs> it just yeah just amazing like uh you know choreography there but uh charlie's there i should say too because uh, there's really not a lot of behind the scenes you guys want to go and look up the two days in the valley reunion on youtube happened in 2016 i believe At, uh, I think the theater was called Cinema Family in Los Angeles. So it was the director. Uh, Charlize Theron showed up and Glenn Headley, who plays the assistant here. And then also Catherine Hardwick. I didn't know Catherine Hardwick was involved in the film, in the making of this film. She went on being the director of movies like, uh, thirteen and the first Twilight film. She was actually the production designer and she actually had to make all these weird pieces of art at the art dealer's house, like the giant sunglasses and the oh, the okay. shell of the people fucking with the people fucking inside and all that. So yeah.
1: That's great. How genius. Fucking Stacy.
0: And, and yeah, and they, they had like Dan, Danny Iola calling on the phone but I thought it was interesting that three women showed up cause like as much as there's like cause you could call this movie you wanted to two Stacys in the Valley like as much female nudity and exploitation or whatever you want to call it and like it was like all these women showed up to the reunion pretty much to like talk about how awesome the director was and how they loved making this movie
1: Dang! Did the director go on to make other movies that I've never heard of? Like
0: uh, he did, but like I'll look him up real quick. But like, there's nothing that stands out that to to me was like even anywhere near like you know on the level of this movie.
1: Yeah, what if the genius that comes out of the directing is just like shit that was told to him? Like, oh yeah, direct it like that guy Tarantino did his movie. <laughs> like, but it, but it works. It's like a, kind of like a happy accident if that is the case
0: yeah i don't i don't think it really is too much like tarantino Mm. though because like i was going to tell you i mean obviously we can't hear right now because we got headphones on talking to each other but did you notice like i felt like the music in this movie was intentionally like completely different than anything like tarantino did you know what i mean like
1: yeah yeah yeah. it's definitely yeah it has very uh, different uh, basically it could have been like yeah like uh like this is the, they're operating off of just one turn. You know, the movie at this point it's kind of like fucking like uh, uh, like looking back at Halloween and being like fucking things. Halloween uh, Michael does in Halloween kind of seem like out of his character, and it's like well he wasn't a character yet. Like yeah, it's possible. Like uh, I, I usually don't want to think that you know uh, goodness happens out of an accident, but it's possible I guess sometimes.
0: Yeah. So our our boy had been working who made this movie. He'd been working for a long time, um as a writer mostly, but then he had some directing too. Unfortunately he directed Two of a Kind, which was like trying to be the, the spiritual sequel to Greece where our boy mm. Travolta and Livy Newt John play angels during the apocalypse. I remember that being a movie that didn't go over too that well at all. <laughs> that sounds
1: fucking <I> incredible. That sounds amazing.
0: <laughs> but it came out like 1983. Let me let me read the uh, the plot synopsis to you. When God decides <laughs> to destroy Earth, four angels aim to redeem mankind through a young man and woman with their own troubles.
2: So the oh. angels
0: got to make sure trouble and Newton John fall in love in order to st- to stop God from destroying Earth. That we, sounds
1: we sh- amazing. This that is a great. That should have been, like, the mythology behind, like, fucking Scientology. Like, what what the fuck were they thinking with what they came up with when they had that to work with?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, he did direct some stuff. By the way, that was a horrifying scene when Terry Hatcher finally woke up next to her husband, who was, like, his fucking head was, like, half blown all. There's blood that, everywhere.
1: That would be a fucking a crazy experience, yeah. That, so, the, the way it's shot too is really well done. Yeah,
0: it was, and like the the overhead shot of her running out of the house was really good too. So after, something
1: about sorry, the something about the way he was laying there with his brain splatter reminded me yeah. of the the guy from fucking the pet cemetery. Fucking, oh
0: yeah, the the jogger guy.
1: Yeah, the guy yeah. that fucking visits Mr. Crane fucking every night, chad.
0: So right after this one, he did Don King Only in America, which is a biopic of Don King with Ving Reigns. I think that was like an HBO movie that was very like big. And then a couple years after that, he did that movie with 15 Minutes with De Niro and Ed Burns, which I didn't think was a bad movie when it came out, but it's you know nothing great. Then he did a couple of TV things. Then he returned to feature films with Bobby Z a film starring our oh. boy Paul Walker. Paul Walker <laughs> and, La- and Lawrence Fishburne. And I've seen why, par- I've seen parts did, of Bobby Z on cable.
1: <laughs> why did they pass up the fucking opportunity to bring back Walker Texas Ranger with Paul Walker as the lead?
0: Oh, they fucked up.
1: That is something mankind should never fucking forgive Hollywood for.
0: Then then a couple years after that he made a a documentary called Inferno: The Making of the Expendables. <laughs> Mm. then he he made a he made a movie called reach me which i'm not familiar with and then he did one of the direct-to-video movies of uh sequels of escape Plan with stallone and 50 cent mm, that was the last movie he made a couple years ago so very sad
1: Uh, this character here he's he's really interesting like he's basically like uh yeah basically they set up that the 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 guy who used to be a director and is having a hard time now, he's like suicidal basically. And he's uh, on the verge of like basically, uh, he brought his little gun here and his dog. He's visiting basically uh, his uh, like, uh, he's widowed, so I think probably his wife. Like the one love he had, he's coming saying goodbye. I,
0: I think he said it's his mom later. He clarifies oh, that okay. was his mom. It was his mom's grave he went to because she was a nurse in World War II.
1: Well, yeah, fucking like if it was, that's what that's the Chad thing to do, like fucking those those people that never fucking find. A, they say that the, a lot of subconscious. Uh, whenever you're looking for uh, your Stacy, your wife, you're looking for someone that reminds you. Not like you want to fuck your mom, but it's like, yeah. like you know, it's somebody like,
0: that's you, just as good. Like.
1: Exactly, fucking. Uh, it's just that that bond, a very the the it's uh, the the fucking the st- instinct,
0: baby. So, I, I, this was the scene I was waiting for. Um, it's in that reunion. He goes into it, the director. This is how he came up with the movie, actually. He, uh, he was very frustrated. He had wrote, a, I forget who it was about, but he had wrote like a, a script that was, like I think, based on somebody famous or maybe based on a famous book. And he was trying to get it made into a movie so he could direct for years and years. And he said he did 25 drafts of the script trying to get people to finance it. And nobody did. So like he just said, "fuck it." One day he went crazy. He took he took all the different copies of the script he had. He burned it in his his like uh, barbecue. He like poured all his gasoline. He burned it, like it went all crazy. The fire went everywhere. He said, "fuck it." He jumped in his car. He like he didn't know where he was going, and he ended up in the uh, the veteran cemetery, uh, probably the same one you see in the movie. But he said a veteran cemetery and he was just wandering around the cemetery by himself and he was thinking he didn't say he was suicidal but he said he was thinking bad thoughts and he was totally lost and mm-hmm. he came to a grave of a veteran um that was uh the same uh, same name as Daniella's character and then he went over and he saw another so like all the the characters in the movie their names are based on the the names he saw in the grave that day and he said he stayed in the the graveyard all that day he had, and he took out a tape recorder, and he started making up this story saying, oh, like, so-and-so is a hitman, and he gets hired, and he walks over here. And, like, so he was just literally just walking to the cemetery, and he came back the next couple of days and did it again. And he said he wrote the script within three days after doing that and going to the cemetery. So it's a pretty interesting story. It's Fucking...
1: Like, Chad. That is some Chad shit. See that? Like, yeah, like uh, looking, uh, you can't get that one project you're trying to do finance. Like, he probably like burning that shit. He probably felt like fucking uh, I guess that's it, man. Fucking give up on the dream. And then he fucking stumbled into fucking the, his new story. Very Chad.
2: Yeah, See, just Big come
1: com can fucking do positive things. The, the influencers out there. Every once in a while, they let got a good story through the algorithm.
0: It's such a sad scene in the movie, though, when the director guy is trying to give his dog away to this nurse lady. Like, first of all, he's ready to blow his brains out. And then he hears a car pull up and sees this nurse lady going to the grave of, uh, I can't remember if it was her husband or father, whoever. And, he, and like, it's so pathetic, that scene. Like, it it tugs at your heart so much when he's trying to convince her, like, take this dog, take this dog, you know. Yeah. Then, and then she like she she realizes like he's kind of fucked up and you know she's like oh like why, why don't you come with me and i'll and i'll show you to the you know i'll sh- I'll let you meet the guy that i'm going to give the dog to so it's like if it wasn't for that he would have blown his brains out right then and there
1: yeah so like his his ultimate arc and the way it ends for him is kind of like a, a direct analogy to how it happened with the director right in the, the very chad yeah, shed, yeah. And like, yeah, it, it does, like it, it, It's one of those movies that ends, and it does. It seems to have like kind of a moral compass. It's it's kind of like, oh yeah, fucking. Uh, you never know. Like fucking. Uh, you could go on to do great things later on, fucking baby. The the world's the future doesn't exist yet, fucking. Is we're just waiting for it to happen, and anything can happen. Hell yeah.
0: Like it could be shit today, but yeah, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Or what could happen tomorrow? But yeah, like I mean. Jeez, what are we? Like we're pretty much four we're like forty eight minutes into this movie. So we're like halfway through this movie. And like we still like the story is still unfolding. You know what I mean? Like it's still Mm -hmm. people are still meeting each other, going in new directions. Like I gotta say, like uh I know they do it to make movies like kind of easier to understand and more sellable and whatever, but like movies nowadays that are like two hours and above, they need to take a lesson from some of these older movies, I think, and Realize, don't, don't blow your load, don't completely set everything up in the movie in the first 15 minutes, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it seems like that's now a rule now, like, uh, they almost think that our brains turn off from that, like, uh, Maybe they've got data that says it does, but like that doesn't mean like we're still like well, yeah, it's hard to tell. Them. Like I've definitely seen those, but it almost seems like uh, because they make movies like that is it it leads to you doing it cuz like they're trying to like compensate for it, maybe. It's a weird, weird.
0: Yeah, like you know, going back to, you know, the the director of this movie his story kind of correlating with the director character in the movie is like like how we were saying like you know like the frustration of how he was trying to get that one movie made and whatever and then he just came up with this movie real quick it's like that that's gotta be like when you look at people and like their careers and stuff that's gotta be like sucky when like you make a movie that's like really fucking good but, like, it just doesn't do anything money-wise. So then you just have to turn around and go and, like, make schlocky shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: It's like, you did your job. You made a good movie. But just nobody fucking cares. You know what I mean? Like.
1: Yeah. Oh, like uh him eating those pancakes i think he's eating pancakes it just made me want some pancakes and i i my brain flashed back to like a couple days ago i was going through the grocery store and i saw that they have fucking and crunch fucking pancakes amazing amazing that it just sounds a... commonducing.
0: yeah pancakes are uh, weird cuz they're like um one of the few foods, food uh, few foods say that three times fast they're one of, the, one of the rare foods that um when you see it in a in a movie it makes you want them like <laughs> like, like if you see people eating soup in a movie you don't want to go and you eat a bowl of soup afterwards but pancakes <laughs> it's like because you i mean i guess maybe some people eat pancakes on a regular basis but you know to me they're like a once every two or three months type deal but mm-hmm. yeah like you see them or maybe you see a commercial and it's just one of those few foods that like uh you know really fucking make you want to go eat them
1: exactly oh hell yeah so like uh, now do we bring up that the the Stacy who set this all up but you know we don't know that yet she uh, she's actually like a famous uh, sports Olympian uh, yeah yeah Olympian big Stacy Terry Hatcher yeah you think you think this is happening during that season where she smoked weed and got fucking kicked out of the Olympics
0: no, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> can can you can you imagine though? Because you know how everybody gets busted for doping back then. Could you imagine like the Olympic people back then? How like they just did all that shit, like all the rules, the strict shit, and didn't eat this and didn't do that and didn't take these supplements, and like they had to do all the shit naturally. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I wonder if anybody have like really did it, or if they were just really good at hiding it. <laughs>
0: Well, like, I know the Olympics back then, like, if you've seen the German women, they were all on steroids, and I think they eventually got busted <laughs> for it. But yeah, like, I mean, could you imagine, though, like, Terry Hatcher, she's in a, like, a, it's like a tank top, but it's not a tank top, tank top, it's like a halfy tank top, and then a pair of panties and covered in blood for, like, jeez, probably, like, three-fourths of her scenes in this movie, that'd be, like, some tough shit to fucking, you know, mm. film.
1: See, this is this is what's so uh, interesting about having a movie where it has a bunch of different characters and things happening simultaneously. Is it's like we're seeing her now, and it seems like, oh, this is the scene that should have proceeded right after they killed her, uh, you know, knocked her out because she's just waking up. But it's like, fucking, it's over halfway into the movie now, fucking, right? Yeah, it, like it, there's something like, uh, yeah, uh, very interesting about the Very Chad
0: and like in your head you get you, like you kind of have to like you said like you have to like put it together in your head that like all this shit is actually happening at the same time but since we're not like watching all this shit happen in like four different split screens we we see it in chunks like this chunk over here this chunk over here but it's all happening actually at the exact same time you know what i mean
1: Mm. I always like uh, like that kind of uh, like narrative you know one of those clichés I always really like in the sitcoms when they would do it it's it's called the the what what is it referred to the the Rashomon effect mm. and it's it's based on a movie called Rashomon about basically a bunch of different characters who, uh, an event happens and then the, it, it takes place afterwards, and they're all telling their version of events, and everybody's version is slightly different because, you know, they all see it differently, and maybe some of them are lying. And, like, uh, they, they would do that a lot in, like, sick. Like, there was an episode of, uh, King of the Hill that did that. Fucking, uh, there was a couple. Like, I it, think it was Family Matters
0: from, did it too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Very, very Chad.
0: But I, um, yeah, like, I I, I want to say um, the thing that's interesting about, like, this chunk of the movie is, like, the way the, the writer, um, director kind of leads you in, mm-hmm. like, what you're used to seeing in other movies. The way, like, they stumble just accidentally, the two cops accidentally stumble upon Terry Hatcher running out into the road all bloody, and then they go to her house and they start looking at the crime scene. And like Jeff Daniels immediately is like, "Oh, get the fuck out of here! We can't touch anything. You know, you'll fuck up the crime scene." And Eric Stoltz is just grabbing evidence here and there, going, "Oh, look! I found this and other shit." It's like mm-hmm. based on the way other movies go, you think, "Oh, these two cops who they work vice, they don't work homicide, but they stumbled across it, so they're going to be the ones who solve the murder, and they they're going to stop the bad guy at the end." And they're going to, and it's like it's kind of funny the way the way it ends up playing out is like it's not yeah. the it's not the way other movies would do it you know
1: <laughs> mhm yeah and it, that that's kind of smart too the way they implanted the idea that oh oh maybe uh the 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 guy's wife uh set him up to do it because she whenever they brought the cigarettes it's like do you smoke and then she's she's like oh no they must have dropped it and then he noticed she said they must have dropped it how does she? but it like jeff daniels is like oh you're being too fucking like you're thinking about it too hard dude she meant they like it's like a figure speech yeah yeah, it's a figure speech And, and, and in a way it's like He's right. Like, she might have said they because she didn't know how many were involved. She doesn't know it's a man or a woman, so to just say they... That makes complete sense. But like maybe Eric Stoltz was right, but for the wrong reasons. <laughs> like maybe he was just, he was, he got lucky. I mean, it was just guessed right. That's well, kind of funny. Well, that. That,
0: that is what's funny because you think, oh, he, he you know, he's, because, you know, we know what what Jeff Daniels and Eric Stoltz don't know. We know it was two guys. We know it was they, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it's like, so like in your head, you think, oh, Eric Stoltz is figuring it out. He's going to unravel the big thing. And it's like, yeah, he got that one little thing right, just like he says, a lucky guess. But the rest of his cop skills and detective cells he actually sucks as bad as jeff daniels says he sucks <laughs>
1: <laughs> jeff Daniels is dog mm-hmm. what a national treasure jeff daniels like, yeah. like has he ever had a beard in any other movie is this the only one
0: there was one called gettysburg that was about civil war shit where he okay. had a big beard <laughs> and, and actually, actually yeah he probably filmed her like right around the same time as this because he kind of has the same hair and beard but
1: that that right there was the biggest laugh in the movie for me. Which one? When he walked in and, and, and freaked out seeing a dog with a human face, but it's oh, just yeah. some of, it's just some of his abstract art. Yeah, it's done so well, and it really did. It got the same reaction from me. Like, what the fuck?
0: Well, you, you know what's so funny too is it um it uh it looks exactly remember Nightmare on L Street Part Two. Mhm. Yeah. That dog comes running up with a human face on it.
1: Mhm. It just it looks like kids with like weird uh, face masks on, but like yeah. basically this character that collects this abstract art. he he's like super hoity toity and vain, so he has a statue made to look like his face on for, why it's on a dog who knows yeah. but like it's just abstract art. And it's, <laughs> Yeah, that was like the biggest laugh for me in the in the movie.
0: I think I figured. It, I think I finally figured it out in my brain. I could be wrong. Somebody would probably be listening to this and say, oh, you dumbass, that's completely wrong." But I think I finally figured out why our two versions of the movie are like not really synced up.
2: Okay.
0: I, I think because I'm watching the DVD, which is like 30 frames a second, and you're watching like the HD stream, which is probably the original 24 frames a second. So like my copy yeah. keeps like repeating frames to make it fit, and it's like because I'm like exactly like one minute behind you. You know what I mean?
1: That is weird,
0: yeah. Yeah, never thought about it. So we, we gotta we gotta make sure we're on the same source copy from now.
1: On. <laughs> mm,
0: but, yeah. but oh well, it's, you know, it always whenever even when we even when we're completely synced up, I always skip back and say, "Oh, we just missed a couple minutes ago, so it doesn't really fucking matter."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, it's it's like if I had to say there was a weak link in this movie, it's kind of like the art dealer guy, like as a character, because he's just like annoying the whole time, and he's just kind of. Mm. Danny was like punching bag, like a guy to like make fun of, and because you yeah. can tell Danny was Danny was like a a very typical like Italian guy in this movie, wouldn't you say?
1: Oh yeah, very like well yeah, but kind of like one of those guys, yeah, like the fucking he has kind of that wise guy, fucking the yeah. swag, like he you know you're not sure if he if he knows what he's doing or if he's just fucking you know figuring it out as he goes along, yeah.
0: And the, the art gallery guy, he's just like kind of a skinny. And I always thought he was supposed to be British, which I'm pretty, I'm 99% sure he is. But then the lady, the nurse who plays his sister, she doesn't seem to have a British accent at all.
1: Yeah, he, he, he's probably just supposed to be that guy. Yeah, that, that annoying guy that's just, he happened to be there, and so now he's involved. Well, right here is where we find out the fucking the uh, they're fucking the the Stacy ass fucking chick. That this is where we find out that she hired the hitman, baby, and these Stacys are in cahoots. They're in cahoots.
0: Well, it's it's also brilliant too. Another great thing about this movie is they introduce these two uh, detectives, a lady and a man, and the man's played by Keith Carradine. Another again, he that guy starred in movies around this time. I mean, starred in movies for a long time. But again, like, they're throwing you off, they're introducing all these big characters and these, I mean, big actors in these small roles, and you think, like, everybody's going to end up being, like, a big part in the finale of the movie, and it's just, it's interesting how many of the people, like, you know, end up and you know. Like, I almost think you kind of probably couldn't get a script like this financed now, because, like, This movie is kind of like the Scream effect before Scream where like, oh, we put Drew Barrymore in it, but she's the first person to get killed. Like this movie, it's like they kind of sidestep you saying like, oh, we cast this recognizable actor in this small role. So you think they're going to be like a big part of the movie and then they don't. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, yeah. You know what I just thought of? Like, Mm. it's probably because I'm high. It just entered my mind. Fucking uh, Charlize Theron Theron is uh, like the white chick's version of Tyra Banks. Interesting. They're that wrong. is Tyra Banks with a fucking white person suit on. I am convinced.
0: <laughs> the white chicks version. Well, I guess we should say because, like, to me, I mean, obviously, this is her first film. This is the first thing I saw Charlize Theron. In. So, like, when she showed up in other movies, I'm like, I'm like, she looks different. Like, she never looked the same to me. And like her, her, yeah. her eyebrows are like really thin. But like, I finally put it together. I was like, why does she look so different in this? And in a that that reunion that I was telling you about, I watched the video of, she was like, yeah, and she's like, and then in the movie, she's like, uh, or she's like, she's like, and I saw the movie on the big screen, and my giant fat fucking face was on the screen, and it's weird because I looked at it because I mean you see her completely nude in this movie, her body is a hundred percent fit, but for some reason her yeah. cheeks are bigger in this, and like I don't know what, I guess it's just like a nutrition thing because. Like, like, I never liked it when she got, like, too skinny later on. Like, I think Mm -hmm. she's actually prettier in this movie than she is. I mean any version of charlie stern's pretty don't get me wrong that's why she's a famous spokesperson, model whatever but like mm-hmm. yeah i noticed that like i guess that's just what you would call baby fat because she was like 19 it's just you know before yeah, you really start like hitting yeah. the gym and eating all them proteins and bullshit you know what I mean? that
1: that strikes me as something she probably noticed and nobody yeah. else did like no, yeah dude, when she was
0: men. stripping out of her lingerie and didn't have an ounce of fat on her whole body nobody was like oh your cheeks are kind of big charlise you know
1: it's probably like it's probably one of those things like i think we can get like so used to like fucking some flaw that we make it bigger and we do yeah. kind of get part of that uh that uh maybe it's like a mild form of like the fucking uh what's it called uh uh, uh, like uh, dysphoria. What do they call that? Oh, like dysmorphia. Like, body, body dysmorphia. Body dysmorphia. Yeah, yeah. something like a maybe. I always thought that. Yeah, it's a, the weird things we fucking notice and like uh, become like cripplingly, uh, uh you know, constri- like uh, they hold us back. Very T yeah. shit.
0: It's completely wrong. So basically, the plot flips here when you see that um, uh. Uh, terry hatcher's character was in on it with spader and Charlize, and uh basically like it's kind of like a botched hit because they were supposed to kill her husband somewhere else like she had no idea they were going to kill him at her house you know what i mean like so Mm -hmm. like she's pissed like you know like i got brains all over me and all this shit's happening and then like uh basically you know the money she was going to pay them she was going to pay them thirty thousand to kill him because i guess we should say that uh you know, like, when they got divorced or they're going to get divorced, or whatever it is, like, she she has to pay her, her bum husband alimony, even though he's, like, always, like... Because he had, like, an affair with Charlize Theron. I guess that was the initial, like, hook. They were going to lure him away with Charlize and then kill him, but something, you know, you mm, never yeah. went through or whatever. So that's why they had to kill him at the house. So, yeah, so she was going to pay him 30000 in cash, and she had it in the safe, and James Spader's, like... Like, because now there's like all kinds of cops investigating the crime scene at the house and everything. So James Spader's like, "Oh, I'm just going to go get the money. I don't give a fuck." You know, it's in the safe. Mm-hmm. And and you know, the first they're like, "Oh, why'd you put it in the safe?" She's like, "Well, I didn't know you're going to fucking kill him in my house." Like, mm-hmm. which, if you think about it, that is like one detail that would completely derail a plot like that. You know what I
1: mean? Mm. Mm-hmm. That that furry suit and uh, he's got there is very on fleek.
0: Oh, it is for sure.
1: Well, can you th- is he a furry? Is that just his fucking personal collection? Fucking, uh, This is art, or-, or is that just a suit on a fucking mannequin?
0: Did he take his suit off a mannequin?
1: <laughs> you take the suit off. <laughs> off. I, <laughs> I hate Good. when I'm, try- I'm trying to say a funny line from a movie, and my, my voice cracks. Yeah. like that. Oh, off. I, fucking- I got to re-say it, because it didn't come out like it does in a movie.
0: Yeah, you got to say it.
1: Fucking
0: Chad. Spe- speaking of uh power Chad moves, I saw a photo of her boy the Reeves from the Matrix Four, and it's it's oh. it's totally just him with long hair and a beard, looking like a fifty-eight year old man. <laughs> I'm so like, oh.
1: they're they're having him do the beard on it. Yeah, that, that, that's probably the way to go because when he shaves, you can see the age.
0: And the uh, the best part was he was he was riding on the back of a motorcycle that carry on Moss was driving.
1: <laughs> Fucking Chad. Fucking Chad.
0: So yeah, so I, I guess I guess uh the scene that I'm on, I know you're a little bit ahead, Zach, but uh this is like the scene where everybody came together, the director, Danny ILO, and then the assistant lady it's very unfortunate in the last, I guess, starting in 2014, we lost all these people. So uh, Paul mozerski passed away. He was in his 80s. A couple years after that, Danny Aylo passed away. And then, uh, yeah, and then like, uh, or no, I think actually Glenn Headley passed away. She was the youngest out of them. The lady who plays the assistant, she passed away a couple years ago.
1: This movie does not seem old enough to have a bunch of dead actors. It doesn't. The-
0: doesn't like i kind of get Mazursky and daniela because they're in their 80s but yeah glenn headley i think she was only in like her her very early 60s and she just had a freak kind of like blood clot type thing in her lung happen you know
2: yeah
0: and unfortunately too i didn't even know this till today i was reading about daniela's death his son just died like a couple months ago his son was actually 60 years old or sixty-five, and had been in a bunch of movies with him, like "Do the Right Thing" and a couple other ones. But it was very sad.
1: Let me know when you see uh, Jeff Daniels holding a super soaker in his car. Awesome. And then I'll press play so that we're more on on time. They did. They got quite a bit ahead.
0: Yeah, I should have done that trick where I set my DVD. Or actually, actually, I should have just watched the stream with you. But I was like, the thing I like about this DVD is the subtitles are giant, so you can really read. Hell yes. And then like, I know you skip past it, but right now I'm seeing. I love that scene too, where Daniels and Spader were like in in different cars at the stoplight together, and like mm-hmm. Spader just looked over at Jeff Daniels, like like he didn't know he was a cop or anything. Yeah, he's holding yeah. a Super Soaker in the car right now.
1: Oh yeah, fucking big concrete cock. And like James Spader, he is like a, he is an interesting character. He seems cool with his court. Like like when you think about it, movie wise, is there any cooler job than being a hitman? Like no. real out and in re- like re- reality, it's like that would not be fun. No. That it's I don't think it's cool or anything, but it's like in movie universe, that's like fucking King Chad shit. Like big concrete cock on this motherfucker coming around.
0: Yeah, like, I was toying with the idea of, of writing, a like, a realistic script uh, about a hitman's life who gets caught up in a sting. And uh, in real life, hitmen are generally, like, like aside from the, the days of the mafia, like, there was, like, some kind of cool guys, whatever, that, you know, kind of were, like, the movie-style mobster, whatever, hitmen. But in real yeah. life, when you look at real true crime shit, like the hitmen are usually like the lowest of the low guys. Like they're like drifter almost that don't have any money. And mm. they are just like so desperate and hard up for work.
1: And... Yeah. Is the occupation of hitman even a real thing? Would anybody ever really yeah. go th- to the same person? Well, like how could you build a career, Multiple times, a, por- yeah. a portfolio, if you will, as a hitman, it's basically, maybe it's just one of those things. Maybe it's just the thing you call yourself when you're unemployed. What if it's just that? Yeah, maybe i'm a
0: hitman no. hit well also too how <laughs> oh, yeah. many times do you do it before like some form of evidence gets against you like a witness sees you leaving a house or something you know, you know what i mean like how many times can yeah, you really pull yeah. it off like i want to I say too I, I love this scene again this, this great character scene like jeff daniels is so fucking intense like he comes home yeah. to his house and he, he lives across the street from a golf course and the guy's they, uh, they they hit a golf ball and hit his window, and it's, like, the third time they hit it. So he goes over there, and he's totally losing his shit, and he pulls his gun out on these guys on the golf course.
1: Oh, yeah, you're basically, like, you're not, you don't know if he's, like, a good guy, a good cop, or if he's yeah. just going to, is he a future school shooter? Like, is he fucking yeah. going down that kind of mental shit? But, like, yeah, we find out later what what's going on with him, baby.
0: Yeah, and it's it's interesting, too, because when they wrap up, uh jeff daniels character like you don't really see it coming that that, that's going to be the end of his character in the story like that's what i think is brilliant like they're kind of building him up throughout the movie like he's going to be a big deal and then now this is a great again like you said coincidence of people meeting like eric stoltz is staking out the massage parlor like watching it like he just feels you don't really know why he's there he's just kind of feeling guilty and then we see the out of work actor guy that made the director feel like shit coming out, like looking all guilty, like he just got a hand job from that girl.
1: Fucking Chad. Fucking, I am so I, I, like I am so fucking uh, envious of him. Such a stud.
0: <laughs> that he's an out, old out of work actor that paid for a hand job.
1: Exactly. Fucking the the, the chick though, Big Stacy, Big Stacy. Oh
0: yeah, I mean you know.
1: Hey, you know what I'm... You're seeing the scene where Jeff Daniels is signing that big... That big giant is card. Yeah, I was wondering, like, what if this was supposed to be the director's attempt at, like, kind of uh, surrealism? Like, fucking... Mm-hmm. This is, like, my Eraserhead moment. Fucking this is Terry
0: Gilliam moment.
1: He's signing a giant fucking birthday card. Who? How big is his son? How big is his son?
0: <laughs> it turns out his son is, like, King Kong-sized
1: fucking clifford outside the house and shit yeah <laughs> the parents bring little scraps of food for him
0: again the the that scene where he signed the giant card the um it's obvious like he's divorced he's in this house by himself he's got his shirt off he's sweaty like they, they kind of set up earlier this like the hottest day hottest weekend of the year or whatever oh, but yeah. but the way he, you see the picture of um that his son drew where it's like the son, the mom, and then like two dads. And one says one's labeled first daddy, second daddy. It's obvious. Jeff Daniels wife moved on and remarried or has a new boyfriend or whatever. And it's so fucking sad that Jeff Daniels has to sign the birthday card to his son. Your, mm-hmm. your first daddy. I'm like, Oh my God. Like that. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, that would, that would, uh, do something mentally for somebody like, uh, yeah. Looking at first dad, he fucking like, yeah, it, it, there'd be like a, a weirdness about it. His house kind of looks like Pizza Hut.
0: It does pretty dumb. But yeah, like the first time we saw Jeff Daniels in the movie, he was looking at a letter, but they don't show you what it is. Now they show you what it is. And it's from the police department saying, now, you know, after your psychiatric evaluation, you know, complaints against you, your erratic abuse behavior. You, it's been deemed that you are not fit for active duty. Please um, hand in your gun and badge within 48 hours. And then there's that great crane shot where it cranes out from his his, uh, living room where he's sitting out through the window because his window got busted by the golfer guys. I just Mm -hmm. love that shot. Like when I saw that the other night, uh, I was just like, oh my God, man. Like that's just great fucking directing that shot. And that's literally the last time you ever see Jeff Daniels in this movie. Like he just exits the movie and I'm just like... I like that because it's almost like that sad kind of bitter like real life yeah. that doesn't really creep creep into most movies, you know what I'm saying
1: when you said that i I was like that is his last time i I could've sworn he showed up at the end yeah like yeah, maybe he just maybe he didn't
0: no i mean he's he's done being cops, so he's not gonna be invest. i mean he wasn't going to invest that case any investigate that case anyway
1: uh, no man
0: know. like uh you, let me say a few foods. <laughs> three more times everything's a tongue twister for me tonight
1: <laughs> no i i i don't know how anybody worked on this movie with these two stacys oh and fucking God. like didn't understand like fucking uh, you know uh i am uh, uh didn't just fucking draw t- i'm not worthy i'm not worthy stacy yes queen yes queen yes fucking that, chick, that well, you- shit. that shit
0: you know what's funny too is like, cause I always watch this movie and I'm like, oh, this is the 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 whatever you know, teenager Charl- Charlize Theron. And I was watching this the other night and I was like watching a high def and it's first time I ever watched the movie in high def, other than you know, obviously seeing it in the movie theater, whatever, 25 years ago. And I was like, damn, Terry Hatcher is really young in this movie too, cause I remember Terry Hatcher being a star already. She, this was, uh, she had already been on that Superman show for a few years and had a couple other movies come out. Mm-hmm. I'm like damn Terry Hatcher's young in this too And I looked up you know like when her birth date was I'm like oh that's cause she was like You know 30 years old when she made this movie And I'm like I'm a decade older than she was When she made this movie It's crazy I, I,
1: I'm drawing a blank on who Terry Hatcher is I'm like is that Molly's sister Fucking cousin
0: She is um Terry Hatcher I guess I guess we have a Tarantino cameo here too Lawrence Turney oh, from Reservoir Dogs Right there Plays right
1: Right there. Uh, if you just saw what I saw, she has that scar on her head now. That's basically when we find out this is a prequel to fucking. This is she's Harry Potter's mom.
0: Oh, that they carried over.
1: <laughs> yeah, she gave that to her kid. It's like fuck. It's like a weird reality. Like if you're a witch, that's how it works. If fucking like your scars become birthmarks, you're weird. It is weird.
0: Do you think Voldemort was searching for her too?
1: Fucking. Yeah, one can hope. One can hope. I have to I don't say know it would be.
0: I I've seen Harry Potter, like all the movies, like uh I saw them on Blu-ray maybe about five years ago.
1: Yeah, that's a zoomer joke. You don't get it.
0: <laughs> well no, I mean I get I get it, but I gotta say, like Harry Potter is something that's very hard for me to like follow follow. Like yeah, like, like yeah, I get all the plot ins and outs of Star Wars. When it comes to Harry Potter, I just kinda gotta sit back and just enjoy it for like uh you know, like a spectacle type movie, you know what I
1: mean? Mm. That's what uh, most movies. Uh, very rarely is there ever a movie that seems like something you got to fucking like. Uh, it's a world and universe you want to live in. Maybe okay. is that something that's just like missing from movies, or is it just something missing from us now that we're not kids anymore, or something?
0: I think it's missing from movies because, like, if you yeah. if you look at like especially science fiction movies back in the day, like something like Blade Runner. I really think the reason Blade Runner isn't that well liked by a lot of people is Blade Runner spends just as much time. Setting up just the world and the corporation that they work for, and the but you know what I mean, like in the cars that they fly around, like it spends it spends just as much time as it does the story and the characters. So it's like that approach, I think, leaves a lot of people cold. So they don't really do the the world building as much, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so so there is that big cat fight between Terry Hatcher and um, Shirley Stern. Oh, I was gonna say Terry Hatcher. She was like in movies, like as like bit parts probably starting in the late 80s. And I want to say it was, like, around 93. She did this show called Lois and Clark. And it was, like, when Superman, like, wasn't, like... Well, really when any comic book shit, but especially yeah, Superman, yeah. like, wasn't popular, they made this show. And it was more like a weird... I never got into it as a kid. I am I probably would actually love it if I watch it now at my age. But at the time, I couldn't get into it because it was, like, a weird romantic comedy version of Superman. And she was I Lois remember. Lane. Yeah.
1: I remember that. That's That's, like... Would they ever do something like that now? I guess they... Like, I kinda, think they uh, just
0: started a new one, like a Lois and Clark, like, uh, not sequel, but uh, like a... There's like a i yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a new Superman movie or show on yeah, right now that's I like that.
1: I was thinking more take an already established idea and make it like something that, Like, I just thought, oh, they did that with that fucking... Uh, what was that? Uh, one banana, two banana. The fucking banana splits became you know, a horror all the
0: Banana splits movie um, where they turned into a horror movie?
1: They should literally do that with more things.
0: So our, our boy Spader was hiding in the house and he straight popped out of a closet and shot a female detective into the face like the forehead. <laughs> he does exactly. not give a fuck. And then He's... our boy our boy Keith Harding who we thought was going to be a big deal and he was like all interested in dating Terry Hatcher now that her husband was dead, he just got popped too.
1: And the, the basically uh, our boy here Eric Stoles he He's basically involved just by pure fucking coincidence. He's showing up just at the same time the hitman's coming back to fucking tie up some loose ends, if you will. Yeah.
0: So, like, Terry Hatcher was, like, her career was weird because she did all the bit parts. She, I want to say it's, like, what's that one? The, the movie was Stallone and Kurt Russell. I always blank on the name of it. But um, she, she was, like, Stallone's sister in that or something like that oh yeah and she kind of like you know had bit parts and then she did that that uh that Superman show and that kind of she rode high for like a couple years off of that she did this movie and then she was a Bond girl in one of the James Bond movies with Pierce Brosnan and then she kind of like yeah she kind of like drifted through for like I don't know how many years another four or five years. And then she kind of like just faded away, and then all of a sudden that that uh, soap opera show that was on at nighttime, uh, Desperate Housewives, came and made her like the big shit. And ever since
1: she, she really should have stayed yeah. a huge star just because of this movie. This movie's a dog.
0: Well, I agree. I mean, it's, especially if what's, uh,
1: what's like, her last name exactly?
0: Who Terry Hatcher?
1: Hatcher, see, I, I tried to make a Molly Hatcher joke earlier, and I wasn't sure if it <laughs> yeah, you
0: were like Molly Hatcher. I am like, who's Molly Hatcher? <laughs> <laughs> I am yeah, fucking Molly bad.
1: I am, I am so terrible with fucking uh, names. Like, I I mix up people' faces and names so often. It's, it's not cool.
0: Yeah, but you know, she kind of drifted along until Desperate Housewives brought her back, and I am glad. I am sure, I am sure that probably was the sh- the show or the project that really filled up her bank account. You know what I mean?
1: you think she uh, got that role as a desperate act like a fucking like uh, maybe this show will be the thing i need to fucking rejuvenate my career or do you think she just gave up by that point it's like and then it's just it was another happy accident big shit
0: i yeah i don't know i think she was just happy to work period because like i was looking at her imdb and it was like she was doing like voices and movies and and like she would yeah. be on, she was on like Seinfeld for like three episodes, and I'm like, okay, that's like after she was like a had her own series, like that's a big step down when you star in a TV show for like four, three or four years, and then you're like making one-time guest appearances on shows, like
1: that's, that's gotta that feel like, bad. Yeah, that's considered like the The thing actors do when they're not working is that if you're all of a sudden doing a couple episodes of like a a cartoon show, they're hiring you for voice acting. Yeah, that seems like uh, Matthew Willard is like that. He's the only oh, doing yeah. fucking. I, I miss Matthew Willard. I like Neeson Willard.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing voices and stuff. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's it's a good paycheck, probably, but uh, but yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I mean, these people. Let's be honest; these people have more talent, you know. Hmm. So I guess we should say we're coming into the home stretch. So basically like the action climax is Spader is at the house trying to uh get the money, he has to kill the cops there. And then uh all of a sudden Eric Stoltz wanders in and I thought that was a great scene. Remember when um uh Spader like takes one of the dead cops' badges and he pretends to be a cop talking to Stoltz mm. and Stoltz is so fucking stupid he doesn't catch on. <laughs> like what's oh, going on? Yeah. And then Charlize I mean, Theron shows up because she had a cat fight with Terry Hatcher, and the gun went off, and she got shot. And...
1: I think Stoltz only fell for her because like he's he's a fucking dork. He's very he's not very well. The, the, the fucking dork wears a life preserver. He thinks he's gonna drown or something, basically.
0: Well, it's it's funny, too, because, like, Jeff Daniels called it with Eric Stoltz was being very low T in this film. Like, he didn't have what it takes to be a cop or a detective because Stoltz was whining about how he's applied for detective like seven times. And, you know, he gets turned down. It's like, well, there's a reason, you know, and like, oh, yeah. like I said before, most movies would would, would flip that and be like, oh, but he, but he actually was a good detective and he solved the murders. And they're like, no, like, <laughs> he's a dumbass.
1: Yeah, fucking, you, like, yeah, like, that is kind of a thing in movies. They always think, like, oh, fucking, uh, you're worth as a fucking, uh, you know, a person is defined by how well you do your job. It's like, some people don't fucking like, uh, they're good people, they fucking, uh, who cares? Fucking, it's just what I do, uh, fucking, a uh, biggity bam I come home and I'm fucking, uh, the good shit happens. Fucking a big concrete cop.
0: So while Spader's got all this shit going on with killing the cops and stuff in the house up on the hill, like, they, you know, the, the the house where Danny Aiello was holed up, taking everybody hostage, that's just like right down the street, literally, now he's finally making his move, trying to get out of town, like he's taking everybody with him, like in the car, and they're just going to like drive him somewhere and drop him off, so he can make his getaway, but like the thing that was kind of interesting, even though like he, um, he did knock out the, the art dealer guy, because he was being too whiny about his kidney stones, but it's really interesting, because it's almost like a, um, Shit, I just blanked on it, but uh, the the Stockholm syndrome is everybody mm. ends up liking Dan, Danny Aiello, even though he's holding them hostage at gunpoint. Like, did you kind of notice that?
1: Yeah, he's kind of hitting it off with the uh, the maid lady who they, they kind of set her up that she's kind of like fucking stuck taking care of this fucking guy. It's a total, like, uh, at one point he, like, he, he, he says like, Oh, you should get like a fucking, you should get some plastic surgery. Fucking uh, a man would like come on to you. And, that, and like, he, like she looks at him like, how, how could you say that? And like, well, you can tell there isn't even like an inch of him that even thought that that was like a bad thing to say. Rude. He's yeah. Just, yeah. He's just super like rich and like fucking all that shit. So it's like, yeah, fucking, and then she finds, uh, you know, the character she needed, baby, fucking uh, Big Chad, to come and take his fucking, uh, his fake toupee off and fucking let it blow in the wind, <laughs> baby.
2: That's exactly
0: what happens in the, the movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> fucking, the it it It's all uh, spelled it's, out.
0: It's great, though. I mean, I don't know. It's good storytelling because you watch that relationship between him and her develop throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. and then on the flip side is you have spader here who's like the grim reaper once Charlize theron shows up you know she's been shot she just wants to go to a hospital but he's like no you know i gotta kill you i'm gonna put you out of your misery like instantly he just goes to like there there's no saving this 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 girl i don't give a shit i just mm-hmm. he's just looking out for himself you know what i mean
1: yeah and like there the, the, she does a good job of kind of conveying that like Oh, yeah, of course he's going to do this. He's a fucking hitman. I'm a loose end. He's going to kill me now. But, like, yeah, well, luckily, fucking she's able to slip out while he's distracted here in a minute. Big Stacy.
0: Yeah, this was a nice one. Maybe a little bit unbelievable that she could get up off the couch and run out without him hearing or whatever, because he's just, like, a few Mm -hmm. feet away. But... um. But still, like, story-wise, like, it was one of those things, like, she showed up in such a hurry after she'd been shot. She was in such a panic, and then it was, like, she didn't really think things through the way Spader would react to that. You know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, she should have just drove herself to the hospital and been like, oh, like, some guy tried to rob me and shot me. Like, she should have made up a story like that. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Well, you you know what? Like, uh, you should make, we should come up with the fucking Sater or Spader the Sader fucking t-shirt design, <laughs> fucking just our boy Spader with a huge fucking concrete cock.
0: Well, the, the, it's just it, and on the top. It's like the top half of his body, and it says Spader. And then oh, like yeah. hit where the underneath, like the point where it's like the horse legs and the big penis coming up underneath the penis, it says the Sader. Exactly.
1: He's gonna fucking. He's gonna fuck you like a beast
0: yeah oh yeah (laughs) he's done lots of movies where he fucks like a beast speaking of speaking of fucking like a beast (laughs) did you know wasp you know that band wasp i was like every now and then like when i'm playing video games or when i'm working i turn on spotify and i just look up like random albums of bands that like not bands that i was a fan of but i just remember i was like oh i remember like i was in the mood for like 80s hair metal one day i'm like i remember this there's this band called wasp like let me but i didn't really remember any of their songs so like let me play one of their one of their albums so i played one of their first albums and like yeah it starts out do, 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 fuck like a beast they have a song called fuck like a beast by chad, chad it's a very chad
1: move that, that was a that was a band i never listened like i couldn't tell you how they sound i yeah. just i know they exist i never listened to them. Yeah,
0: you know i listened to that whole album that day it wasn't bad it honestly really wasn't it was very like almost cartoony hair metal yeah yeah Yeah, so spader's gun jammed so he had to go and steal stolt's gun and that was like the two seconds that Charlize took so she she runs out like whatever onto the road in front of the house like bleeding to death and uh the director said it was crazy because this was actually so she like wanders out there she almost gets hit by a car and then you know next the car load with danny aiello and everybody else comes up and daniela see what's going on but that was actually the first scene that Charlize uh filmed like of anything oh. ever not just this movie but anything ever and it's like pretty shocking when you look at it because like she she's like really dying at this point she's about to die and even when yeah. you watch it you don't think she's gonna die you think oh she got away she got help like they won't kill the girl in this movie you know what i mean
1: yeah this is a good uh performance too it's not bad
0: I think the thing that's really good because they they set up earlier in the movie that she's supposed to be Swedish, and she just yeah. goes into talking, uh, you know, a bunch of like just Swedish like gibberish. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like it really does you know, play you know, well. Yeah.
1: That's a shocking scene. Like yeah, the, the she she slowly stops, and then like I, I thought it'd be like for some reason like she that shot is extended, and she like pulls the thing to cover her face, and mm-hmm. I thought it'd be funny if like before it, it like cut away, she said like. She's sleeping. And, it just, uh, it, and then it, it cut. <laughs> and for some reason, I just, I, I thought that was so funny. Yeah. Like, fucking just, <laughs> she's sleeping. Like, after that big, dramatic, like, death scene. Well, <laughs> like, and oh, it, she fell asleep. Well, I think it's kind of
0: cool, too, because, I mean, we did see Spader kill the the cops a little bit earlier. So, like, I mean, it, it kind of reminded you, like, you snap out that, yeah, this is a movie where people can get killed. But, I mean, the yeah. cops were, like, kind of, like, background characters. I think, really, Charlize Theron dying right here, like, it's it's very necessary for the story because it just kind of reminds you of, like, actually how serious this shit is. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, these are hitmen. This is a hitman. This is a guy you don't want to be fucking. That You don't want to no. know. It, let alone be on the bad side of, oh yeah.
0: Exactly. Cover her face up. She's sleeping.
1: <laughs> For some reason, that, that just entered my mind, and I, I, I thought that was super funny. No, I'm, like... <laughs> I'm going to
0: give a, a 10 out of 10 to the house that Terry Hatcher lives in. It's very Chad. It's like wooden, chalet-like, but it's very fancy at the same time. I love this house.
1: It is. It's a very donk. Better than the fucking Pizza Hut thing that they showed earlier. The way that is it, Fucking, I'm I'm dumb. But, yeah, there's our boy, fucking Eric Stoltz. He just got shot. Will Eric Stoltz not make it through the movie? Like, we don't know. We just saw, like, who we thought was, like, the big selling character die. Very, uh, it breaks the rules.
0: And I always thought, too, um, you know, because, like, like Spader earlier in the movie when he's talking to Ilo, he reveals that he he knew his history that there was a job that got fucked up and Danny Ilo is like a washout now so nobody would hire him you know and Danny Ilo is talking about like yeah you know I appreciate you giving me this chance you know how to come back and all this kind of thing so it's like I like that like you have two hitmen but they're like completely different like personalities like. Like, you, you even though, like, he, he like, maybe he's a killer, maybe he's not, but, like, Danny Allo, like, obviously has more, like, I guess you would say, like, a code of honor and respect, and James Spader is just more, like, just a psychopath. Kills for money, you know what I mean? Like, I like that distinction between the two characters.
1: Fucking, here we go.
0: Yeah, great standoff with the... Iolo and Spader shooting each other. is behind a tree. Spader's in the house. Eric Stoltz is just like out in the open getting shot at. Finally, Spader shoots him in the leg just to taunt him.
1: Oh, yeah. He was wearing a bulletproof vest.
0: Yeah. And F- it, I, thought it. It was, I thought it was funny because we even knew earlier in the movie that's how Ielo survived the first time. Was he had a bulletproof vest? But the way they played his de- his quote unquote death scene in slow motion, when Spader shoots him in the back a bunch of times, you really do get the feeling that he died, right? Like yeah, the second
1: yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, they're they're banking on it. you're just gonna forget about it because like yeah. we we established that in the middle in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, and it's one of those well, things too. Yeah.
0: Like maybe he wasn't wearing it because he was trying to do his getaway. He wasn't thinking anybody would be shooting at him. Like you don't know. Mm-hmm.
1: He kind of did look like fucking bootleg uh, Marty, uh, well, uh, Michael J. Fox in that one shot. Yeah. But uh, you might be a little bit behind, behind again. Huh? Be.
0: Yeah. I'm at the, he can... the point where Spader's about to get shot. So I guess we should set up that yeah. Paul Mazursky's character, you know, he had that gun with him earlier. I, th- I think the way they set it up, it seemed like he only had one bullet in the gun. But anyway, he had that gun earlier, and he kind of pops up out of nowhere. Not really out of nowhere because he was down on the street where there Theron was bleeding to death. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where we don't know that he's there and he kind of just pops up the last second to shoot Spader. And I would say that's the only part of the ending to me that's like a little bit too Hollywood corny. I kind of always hate it when people just pop up out of nowhere at the end of the movie and shoot somebody, you know what I
1: mean? Uh, yeah.
0: But, I mean, it is... story-wise, it's the right thing to happen, though.
1: Yeah. Uh, our boy here, uh, whenever he's uh, like... Uh this whole uh, back and forth that's happening where he, he, he saves him and everything like the way his hair is I don't know if this is the wig or like with his real hair like something about him reminds me of the fucking character from uh from uh what's it called uh Trailer Park Boys the fucking uh, the one dude with the oh, black oh yeah shirt.
0: he looks like JP yeah especially oh, yeah. with the goatee yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought I would noticed that both times watching it you know what too like when I watched this last night, I was like, man, that was that was, yeah, like looking up for like look at I, I uh, originally I was like that's an eight like definitely at least and you know, then like what can I put it and I was shocked by like, whoa, why is this so underrated like yeah and the, there was that whole thing. But like watching it again, it's like fucking. Uh, I'm I'm noticing and like it's got that kind of like a, the the warm and toasty feeling that the, those movies that become nines and or tens eventually have. Yeah, like it's got it. It's definitely got it, baby.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, to me, me personally, because I've just always loved this movie. It's just one of those things where it's like you know, some people like comic book movies, some people like comedies, whatever. Like, this is like really my wheelhouse. Just like. Mm-hmm. You know, like kind of independent movies with a big cast and a lot of different characters and, men too, and yeah, shit yeah, yeah, like I love it. And like, cause like usually, usually when I pull one of these out, like oh, like like I've been wanting to do this movie and it's available somewhere. And I, you know, I ask you, oh, we should do it. And then like like you're, you know, I like much thanks to you, you're always down to do it. But it's like probably like three fourths of the time you're kind of like yeah i didn't really like this movie that much (laughs) so like because at first i was like oh yeah you want to do this and and you're like oh i've never heard it because i was like are you a fan of it and you're like oh i've never heard of it never seen it whatever i'm like oh like i i really hope he doesn't hate this movie
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly and then it's like uh fucking i i i was surprised it's like how is this uh like, I that's where I felt like, fucking, like, it, 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 am I crazy now? Fucking, uh,
0: well, it's, it's, it, to be fair, it's not even one of those movies where people are like, yeah, that was forgettable or that was middle of the road. People don't even remember that this movie existed, period. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah,
1: I never heard, of that.
0: yeah, so yeah, and the, you
1: think, you think, like, as long as you, uh, know and like, fucking, what, uh, you know. Uh, and you think like If it had like Because I did see That was a common thing People were comparing it To uh, Pulp Fiction yeah. So I was thinking like You would think It would be remembered Even negatively For having right. that stigma But it's not It's just like It's just like It's white from people's memories Yeah
0: So yeah Basically the wrap up Is Paul Mazursky He's not suicidal anymore He becomes friends With the uh, the lady Who was a nurse Terry Hatcher Just escaped And got away She had a car well, Stacy yeah, drove away.
1: He found his meaning to life. Like he fucking, uh, he didn't kill himself, and it like he uh, eventually fucking, his life had better purpose. Like fucking, yeah. he has no reason to kill himself. Big chat over here now.
0: And then the movie ends in the best way possible with Danny Ilo realizing he doesn't need to wear a wig because he's got a Stacy girlfriend now.
1: Exactly. He just throws it. Fuck that shit. She 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 looking pretty Stacy here driving in the back yeah. of that car.
0: Yeah, like, the director was saying he was, like, really good friends with uh, Danny Aiello, and he was saying, like, Danny Aiello is a somniac, he never sleeps, uh, except, like, early in the morning, and he said, like, about every six months he'd get, he would get a call from Danny Aiello at 2.30 in the morning saying, you gotta make the sequel where you see what happened to us when we drove away and started our own pizzeria with the money and all this shit.
1: Fucking, he writes a sequel, and then like they they flip their vet, and they hit a fucking like a boulder just just after the scene cuts, and he's like fuck fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) That ending, the way the camera panned it over showed the mountain, and then we're Mm -hmm. seeing the credits. It reminded me of the ending of Joe Dirt. Yeah. (laughs) The same like landscape and the credits running over it.
0: It's it's so funny like i'm watching the part with the wig shit and it's like it's so like like how oh, would keep you
1: forget i keep forgetting it's a little i'm yeah. sorry
0: no no it's, it's all right but i'm just saying it's just funny like how would you go completely bald on the top of your head but still have like some hair right in the front it's <laughs> so crazy you know and she's always like oh you look better without the wig i got I kind of gotta disagree i think he, he i think he had the right idea with the wig
1: Fucking probably like yeah. You either just like, you don't rock a ball spot like that. You either yeah. cut it or you fucking
0: yeah, shave it. Nobody knows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I, I was gonna say I was such a big fan of this movie. This is how much of a a mark I am. I was such a fan of this movie when I actually uh, moved to the Valley. And this was the first movie I watched in my apartment. So I was like, I'm in the Valley. I gotta watch Two Days in the Valley. I watched Fuck it him. on my. The DVD, hell yeah dvd that's on my a, 20 inch sony tv
1: that's the the rick astley meme they show for uh our boy spader's credit so yeah. you're gonna see it <laughs> yeah it
0: does that old-timey thing where like it shows a little bit of like the end credits like the regular the producers whatever and then it goes back into the cast and like yeah. the slow motion thing
1: they did that a lot in the 90s like screen yeah. did that it was kind of a thing for a while, yeah,
0: in the 90s. It was, kind of was a big thing in the 70s and early 80s, and yeah. then, like, they didn't do it for a while, and then, like, yeah, like, probably like, the mid to late 90s, they started bringing it back as, like, a nostalgia thing, you know? It's like oh, everybody yeah. turns around in slow motion, and their freeze frames, and then you see their name, you know? Big
1: Chad. I, I enjoy it. I think it's a cool way to do it. Like I, uh, like,
0: I, I like it, too, because it's that thing where I really like seeing what moment of the person's performance that they focus on. You know what I mean?
1: Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. That is interesting too. To yeah, do I like the about.
0: freeze frame on. Yeah.
1: Like, uh, I remember, uh, I rewatched the faculty recently mm. and that uh, fucking, that that's a movie I always thought, you know, like I, that, that's kind of known as a scream ripoff, but I think that was yeah. like the best one. Mm. And like that one, that one ends like that too. Like Scream did. And like the, the, the scene they show whenever it's a uh, fucking, what's his name? Fucking, uh, uh, John Stewart, I mentioned earlier. From The Daily Show, they they use like a scene that was like cut out of the movie, and yeah. it's fucking. It kind of breaks the fourth wall because <laughs> yeah. it, it, you think for a second that they're acknowledging that something happened after the movie ended, and it's not reused footage. But it, it, right. it's crazy, very shad.
0: I know exactly what you there, because there's a few times where, where like you watch those in mon- those cast montages, and it's like, oh yeah, that was the moment where this guy did this. And then sometimes people who didn't have a real big part for whatever they like use some part that you don't remember from the movie. And you're like, what? Like,
1: <laughs> you it's know? Like, yeah, it's like uh, going to see uh, the the trailer, and then the trailer has a deleted scene, and then you you watch the movie. And you're like, where the fuck was that scene? Fucking, you feel ripped off. They gave me uh, a a gimped movie.
2: Yeah.
0: So I, I got to say, I mean, obviously, thanks for for taking a chance on a a movie you weren't familiar with and everything like that. But I'm I'm actually out of all the movies that we kind of done this where I'm kind of like, oh, you want to watch this, whatever. It actually makes me very happy that this was like the one that you actually end up liking quite a bit. So,
1: dog. Hopefully, hopefully I did the fucking movie justice, fucking not knowing too much about it and coming in, baby. Oh my god! Look, the the second unit credit is that Comic Sans they're using as the font. You never (laughs) use Comic Sans. That's a meme. You never do that.
0: Comic Sans is like uh, the most unprofessional font there is. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I couldn't tell that. it might just be uh, the wide set of it for some reason it's looking like that to me maybe it's not
0: yeah but not uh, and there's I don't like I can't I can't really describe it but there's like certain like magic quality this movie has where like especially when you watch it now but I think even back then there's there's like a certain like I don't know how you describe it like old timey just a classic feeling to this movie you know what I
1: mean mm-hmm. yeah
0: i think it's just because the cast is so big and so good you know
1: feels like a classic hollywood in a way even though it's like fucking the it was ever a real thing who knows there's something works about it though
0: and obviously the title two days in the valley because it really does happen you know it starts out late at night one night and then the majority of the movie takes place over the day the next day and then it's one of those things where, you know, through the night and kind of the beginning of the next morning. So it really is, like, exactly, like, a 48-hour period. And, like,
1: yeah,
0: I don't know why. Like, it doesn't matter, like, the genre of the movie or what. Like, I love movies that take place, like, pretty much, like, all in one day like that. You know what I mean? But, like, a lot of big, heavy shit happens. Like, I don't know. It's just, like, a cool concept that I like a lot.
1: Mm, yeah. And yeah. it's, like, uh, yeah, it's, good. it's clever to fucking... Basically, you feel like you're just a. It's kind of like a fly on the wall movie. It's just a bunch yeah. of people interacting, and you're a fly on the wall, and you're just seeing two days taking place in the valley. Exactly.
0: I still think that. Well, I guess maybe people wouldn't have known what it meant back then, but you definitely. Maybe they they should do like a Blu-ray re-release and just change the title, like how they did with that Tom Cruise movie. Oh, yeah. Like how it became Edge of Tomorrow, or it was Edge of Tomorrow and became Live, Die, Repeat. They should change this from Two Days in the Valley to Two Stacys in the Valley. So
1: Amazing.
0: Oh yes. And then all the well-hung chads with tight circumcisions were to go and watch
1: it. Fucking chads, exactly. It's got the fucking king chad with the most fucking straight-laced fucking uh, big, like, the fucking, the, the precision with which James Spader's cock was circumcised oh, when yeah. he was born. It's it's razor sharp. Like, fucking, you should give that doctor uh, the Nobel Peace Prize. Fucking, I'm slurring my speech over here. It's so fucking wonderful.
0: And, you know, the the thing that's kind of shocking about it, because he always kind of plays these, like, white-collar-type characters and stuff, like, if you actually look into James Spader's past, he actually didn't come from money at all. Like, very, you know... Blue collar, lower class, whatever background. So I mean, that doctor who did that circumcision, he did it out of the kindness of his own heart. He wasn't getting paid a mm-hmm. lot of money to do that. You know, I was like, I was going to say earlier too. I was going to refer to Charlize as a well hung Stacy with a tight circumcision. but oh, no, that sounds kind of crass. You know what I mean? Exactly. But, but she she might be circumcised because there's a she's from she a lot of people don't know this but Charlize Theron is actually from South Africa. And they, they probably oh, don't do man. it there, but you ever hear about over in Africa, just in general, they do the female circumcisions, like, in the that, tribes and stuff?
1: Exactly. That is fucking cringe. That is cringe.
0: Could you imagine if Charlize Theron, like, you're lucky enough to uh, see her take her bottom off and it just, like, was all smooth because she had been circumcised so tight?
1: Well, you think that's how it works? Like, if fucking, all of a sudden, there's, like, a Barbie doll? Yeah, just like just, a like, and
0: Yeah, just awesome. Exactly. Because it just becomes, like, skin over the pubic bone. They, just, they trim so much back
1: you know what i mean okay, exactly. how do you cut a hole out yeah oh, how man. do you
0: how do you take his <laughs> face up can you make somebody <laughs> getting their their face I circumcised just,
1: I just, off i just i just slightly chuckled at a fucking female genital mutilation joke and uh, mm. like I, I got like a weird feeling like that's yeah. something i shouldn't I, that should never be joked about
0: <laughs> did, did uh did it uh was it because i took three minutes to set it up it made you feel strange
1: Fucking, it was just like that is not the kind of like fucking, uh, just uh, all the weirdness. Fucking, that's that's almost like making a Holocaust joke. Fucking, there's some things you just don't touch. Fucking, uh, it, it almost seems a uh, fucking low T to fucking go there, baby. Mm-hmm.
0: So I have one of those old school ass DVDs where it's like one of the bonus features is they actually put some text up of the cast. Do you ever see those?
1: Oh yeah Like the
0: biography Well this is Mm. the Charlize Theron biography And it's so interesting now Because you gotta think This movie movie Came out like 96 But this DVD Probably didn't come out Until like 99 2000 something So it's like, it's trying to be all up to date with telling you like her newest movies, but they're all like shit. So it says Charlize Theron made her feature film, debut in the starring role of Helga in Two Days in the Valley. She went on to her second role in the Tom Hanks film, That Thing You Do. Her next role was in the comedy Trial and Error, which reunited her with Two Days in the Valley co-star Jeff Daniels.
1: Amazing. Amazing.
0: Charlize Theron was born and raised in a small town in South Africa. She was circumcised at the age of eight and never <laughs> No, <I'm> sorry.
1: <laughs> she was circumcised at birth. Yeah. Big, big, well hung. <laughs> well Chad, What if it just started talking like us? This D
0: V D from twenty years ago. It's like, oh shit. No, it says she was she was raised in a small town in South Africa. So I mean the the practice could have been practiced there. We don't know. Uh, it says she began Modeling at the age of 14, and two years later began working in Milan and Paris. She lived in New York and Miami before moving to Los Angeles in 1993. Charlize was born in 1975. And
2: that's how
1: it, it ends. I, I I remember thinking like Charlize Theron too. She's one of those uh, ladies that like the way she looks now. Is she still like she's very Stacy now? Like, oh, like yeah. she looks good as an older woman too. Like, fucking, uh, yeah, that's what sucks about, like, Hollywood. They stop ha- hiring them once they get the MILF. Like, that's when they're yeah. in the prime, when they have that MILF look. Baby. That's
2: when you
0: should be. Like, that's the one thing that the porn business does is actually better than the regular movie businesses. Exactly. The porn business don't uh, discriminate. They see the value. So her filmography on here is Two Daddies in the Valley, 1996, That Thing You Do, 1996, Trial and Error, 1997, and The Devil's Advocate, 1997. That's it.
1: Can, that's the first time I ever saw it in, in *The Devil's Advocate*. Was it? I, I enjoy that movie. Yeah, it, I the, think the the Reeves is a is a big Chad. I think
0: now. um... Uh, cause you're younger than me. I mean, I saw this movie too when it came out, but you're younger than you might remember it too. Do you remember when she was in the Disney's version of the Mighty Joe Young remake? I
1: do, I do. That's another movie. Like whenever I think of Charlize Theron, I was that's what I was thinking. I either think of that movie or and then I was I was kind of weird on it. I was like, I swear to God, she was in like a Disney movie where she was with a big giant monkey. You know, yeah. I, I wanted to say it was like Mighty Joe Young, and like yeah, I did. Okay. I remember. She had my short hair in that movie, didn't she? Yeah,
0: yeah. And that that was like, the I remember when that movie came out, that was like, because, you know, I had pretty much seen her in all her stuff. I even saw Trial and Error. I remember me and my friend, that was kind of like a bomb of comedy, but me and my buddy went to see it because it had Kramer from Seinfeld in it. Um, Oh, yes. But uh, before he he broke out his most racy (laughs) material.
1: Before he, he lost his mind in front of a group of audience. Hell Yeah.
0: Yeah, I can't remember if, we, if I told you this when um, when uh, we did Promo Child*, but I saw like like I was always a fan of that guy. Like I loved him since I was a kid because I told you he was on that show Fridays when I was a kid talking about Michael mm-hmm. Richards. I saw him. I was uh, walking into a comedy club for like the late set, and he was walking out. I guess he had performed. He had, he probably did the earlier set and he walked by me and that was like I'm not shitting you because like when all that shit went down his career got ruined I couldn't believe it because I was like so excited I walked right past Michael Richards it was like a week later that shit happened to him and I was like oh my god and like I even thought at the time it was like if I could have just known, I would
1: have stopped and told him. <laughs> my, like, Michael Richards, dude, yeah. I'm from the future. Dude, Logan my I just name came. is Ted
0: Theodore Logan. <laughs> now you're about to do a set Saturday night next Saturday at the laugh factory and it's gonna go really bummer dude so you gotta go with me to this phone booth and we gotta go back
1: (laughs) how do you explain that to him though in a sign of weakness or something you say something really (laughs) fucking stupid dude (laughs) don't do
0: that even if you time traveled and you did he's like he'd be like oh what no no i would never say that i would never call a man that (laughs) 38 times in a row." Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly, that, the fucking uh, the things we would do if we had the Bill and Ted fucking shit, the magic.
0: Oh, we would we would fix everything. I was gonna say I'm looking at the DVD like case. It's like a bunch of, or not the case, but the 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 menu, and it, it's got a picture of the dog, the, the 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 whatever pit bull dog that was swimming in the pool. He's actually wearing the sunglasses in this version, Chad. which which of the sunglasses were like giant. Those are like sunglasses that would go on a transformer robot. They wouldn't fit on that dog's face.
1: They are basically saying the fucking future's really bright for the dog now. They were trying to tell us, fucking, that dog must have been in a lot of movies. He was probably the only one that fucking had a really big career after that. Well, I guess yeah. everybody did, but not because of the movie, but fucking, you know, despite the movie.
0: Well, he was actually having a really hot career after this movie, and uh, even better than Charlie Theron, and then unfortunately, because dogs only lived to be about 10 years old, and he passed away, so.
1: Fucking the, the big tragedy of a dog's life, mm-hmm. hell yeah. Doesn't not that bum you out like. when
0: like you watch movies like old, like not they don't even have to be like movies from thirty years ago but just like movies from like ten years ago five years ago and you're like oh I bet that dog or cat is probably dead already
1: exactly fucking the thought of like a pet dying and then you think about that when you're you're supposed to be enjoying a film yeah. The, the the low lifespan of uh, animals really is fucking yeah. low key, and like fucking when we become president and fucking on the communist platform, yeah. we need to look into fucking extending the lives of dogs and cats.
0: Oh, I would do it. I would I would like fuck all this cancer and AIDS research. We need to find that. Like yeah. if there was like, what do you call it? Like a fountain of youth, but it only worked on animals and you would just mm-hmm. let people travel there and dip their pets into
1: it. I, I am putting you on that on that job. Like you are the guy in charge of looking for how to harness uh, fuck nuclear energy. We're moving on to the more yeah. cleaner option, the big cum energy, exactly. and you're gonna you're gonna be the guy that I put in charge. Uh, we're gonna solve the world with the fucking cum energy. We're gonna do it.
0: Well, you know, you ever see like them Dunkin' Donuts commercials where they're like, I forget what they say, but like they say something like the the world runs on Dunkin' or whatever. I'm like, no, the world doesn't run on Dunkin'. The world runs on some other substance and we know what it is now. So
2: exactly. time, to,
0: time to stop listening to the science the way everybody's been. Get your head out of the ass and listen to, uh, you know, the properties of uh, eternal you know life pretty much.
1: A big cum Big cum uh, fucking the, the, the machines can run on cum Everything can run on cum We can be fucking reproducing Fucking recycling pee water All that shit All the stuff That fucking what's his name's doing Fucking mister uh, I, I invented the internet Or the computer or Whatever fucking Microsoft He can shut up Fucking big cum energy's where it's at
0: I bet whoever still lives to this episode Is probably regretting it right now <laughs> <laughs>
1: Talking the big meme, the big memes. They're the always memes. fun. They're,
0: they're, they're, always, they're always fun for us, but they probably, <laughs> they're they probably not it. so fun for anybody else. Yeah. But yeah, so anyway, th- again, thanks for doing this. And, uh, you know, like this probably won't come out for, I don't know, another month or something like that. But uh, but in in real time, in the real lifetime, uh, you just dropped a very chad episode that like not only can you like listen to, you can see it with uh, Cinema Enema, right? We're talking about Land of the Dead.
1: Hell oh, yeah, fucking Revival House, fucking on YouTube, right? Revival House Network. We are putting out shit all the time. Fucking BTN time. Podcast, Mac and Zach say the world. Fucking it's always happening. Fucking make a home here.
0: Yeah, I can't remember if you if we recorded episodes since you unveiled to the world the bass buds. Tell them about that.
1: The fucking bass buds. Yeah, we, me and Mac, we did like a commentary for uh, uh, Halloween three. And, like, we, we were able to make it into a video commentary now because we got fucking we're doing video. And, like, uh, you know, uh, so we, we made a little mashup to try to to try to try get some people looking through the YouTubes and maybe, like, some normies land on our shit. And then uh, maybe they listen to the fucking, uh, by accident, they just end up listening to a podcast all about coming in, in socks and then wearing the socks. But like fucking yeah, basically we we just made a big mashup and like hell yeah fucking you can find that on there too. That's good shit.
0: Exactly, making JFS proud.
1: Mm hmm. Our boy.
0: Our boy, big time. So yeah, so that's that's I guess that's it, guys. I again, it's such a treat, and I don't even know why. Like I mean, this definitely is like one of those movies on the bucket list before you know this show ends one day. Um. Mm-hmm. I definitely wanted to get in there, so again, thank you, Zach, for coming and, and doing it with me and uh, enjoying it as much as you did, and uh, so, probably probably nobody can follow along to this in real time, because <laughs> I was constantly a minute behind Zach was, so, but either way, hopefully, you know, I, like, as far as I know, there's only two or three people that actually really legit follow through, but anyway, we appreciate it. If right. if, if you guys like the show, especially after we just talked about coming for 20 minutes, uh help us out and just leave a rating or review somewhere. We appreciate it very much. Um oh, yeah. I don't understand it, but as Aaron explains it, it helps the algorithm, baby.
1: It does. The fucking the the, the machines run on cum and we're we're feeding the machines.
0: Exactly. I think the all the, the what do you call it the statues and art that was making all that noise and vibrating in the in that guy's house in this movie, I think those definitely ran on it.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly fucking semen junkies boom
0: so anyway that's it everybody thanks for listening and we'll catch you right back here next time in the movie graveyard dog
1: you're listening to the electronic media collective podcast network for more great shows visit electronicmediacollective.com